And it's like it's like that Gordon Ramsay meme of him like him talking to like the adult Hell's Kitchen contestants versus him talking to the children on the children's show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the APA is like you're a you're a fucking donkey and you come from a region of donkeys which will never produce anything but donkeys. Like they take it a step further, uh, and then yeah. It, Oscar and gets handled with kids' gloves when he fucks up because he had that one cool play where he hit a plant and didn't die on Poppy when he got caught. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Salt Mine. This is Season 2, Episode 11. We're coming in for our very first off-season rundown. North America... Is still in Worlds. NRG is at two and one. We are recording the evening after Cloud Nine has been eliminated by Fnatic. So it is. If there was ever ever any doubt about our belief in North America and its future, it's the fact that we can come in and record this episode on a night like tonight. It's been a tough 24 hours for those of us in North America, still holding out hope for NRG up against G2, but. Uh, We'll see how history looks back on that comment by the time this is actually published and or being watched. But we want to take some time and focus in on candidates for promotion coming in to the 2024 season, given what we've seen watching the NACL all season long. That said, uh, first things first, got a little bit of, uh, of word. I know there's been some, some chatter about the scene that... There are suspicions that salaries are going to be dropping this upcoming year, that a lot of teams are asking players to renegotiate at a lower salary uh, than what they've made previously, and, and some of the implications for what this might mean for especially some of like the imports in the league and especially some of the, the older players who, who may have been in here for a considerably larger amount of time, uh, perhaps a little bit related to the salaries that they've been making during that time. Uh, so why don't I have a little bit of discussion about that first before we dive into stuff, uh, hear what your guys' thoughts are on what we think this means for 2024, particularly in regards to, to promotions and for the LCS in general. Uh, I I just believe this this episode that we're doing now is, is even more important, uh, not necessarily for our brand, um, somewhat for the brand of the salt mine, because I think we'll be able to look back on this episode and quote a lot of the things that are said here. But I just, I came into this with, with a, I know we have a list of people we were going to talk about as candidates. And uh, in my mind, I also was making a list of candidates that I could see getting promoted, not only to, you know, NACL, but also the LCS stuff like that. And that list in my head is now doubled with that news. Uh, and I just believe that, the smart decision to make not I'm not talking about for the success of these teams in the LCS mind you I'm talking about the success economically is going to be you know taking more shots on domestic talent so I think that news is going to play a big factor it is the big factor yeah generally I think that that could be the biggest case here the fact that there's going to be more talent I was also kind of thinking of situations like where Importing doesn't necessarily get stopped, but maybe they, like, with more importing, well, more importing, no. With importing, maybe one or two potential young candidates that actually look promising, like, something similar to the berserkers of the world, where they also actually and make use of buy cloud or of buying, uh, what is it called, buying... 
uh, the buying clauses, I think it is buying clauses buyout. from the, the contracts, the buyouts. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry, that that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually make use of the buyouts and try and showcase profitable profitable imports to other leagues. That's also another way to actually try and look for it. And I would like to see maybe one or two any teams, not not necessarily all of them, but maybe one or two that takes two imports from let's say one from EU and one from here. They, this doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be the best players ever or, or anything like that, but if they are able to market them and try and sell them later on to actual good teams in those in one of those two regions, that way try and recoup some money for a start that they are making themselves. That could be another plan to try and look for, since I don't think importing should die, it's just trying to take a smarter approach into importing, apart from just taking up the any talent as well. Ultimately, I think it becomes a matter of People who want to play are going to continue to play. I don't think that we are fully bottoming out to the point where people don't see going pro as a viable opportunity. Things will find their balance, and therefore I think that we are going to be seeing systems maybe downgraded in capacity and scale a little bit, but mostly stay in place. So importing is going to continue. I think that we will probably have some big opportunities for people to move up, and I hope that that is what uh, finds itself a bit more robust in the next few years. But ultimately, I'm a little bit pessimistic, I guess, in terms of this actually being a positive shakeup as much as it is a optical kind of drop for the league and that's kind of what worries me i hope we're going to be able to overcome that hump and that we're able to put our weight behind a lot of these young players who may now find opportunities for uh getting into empty roster slots but it's definitely going to be a tough time i think the esports winter is upon us i also though do keep hope for the future i think a few years from now this will all be behind us yeah i think that's right and i do think it's a good opportunity to you know may, maybe it needs to be forced a little bit which is unfortunate but it's a good opportunity to develop a healthier relationship with uh with importing you know more comparable to what we see in the in the lpls and the lc uh lecs of the world where you know they have import players right but they don't uh that isn't at the cost of their own developmental leagues i think they use those a lot more frequently as well and especially like, in the case of the lec they're used like in tandem, right? Like Chasey and, uh, and Noah and stuff come in having played in the ERLs, you know, they, they participate in that development system. They make it stronger uh, and, and then get promoted up through there. And yes, they take up the import slot, sure. But it's not all about import slot math. It's about developing a, a really good pipeline, right? That can also yield you, you know, the, the yikes of the world, the players who are domestic and going to be a, a lot more viable. Um I think the most doomer take that you can have uh, looking at this uh, this situation is that the NACL or the the LCS is just going to become uh, like a, a league for the best uh, Korean academy players that money can buy. Uh, you know, they'll still a lot more quids. You know, the players of that nature just trying to fish for the next berserker. Um, obviously, you can't get quite as good as berserker because a, a prospect of that level carries a little bit higher of a price point uh and you know at that point you're competing not just with uh your not just with the korean challenger teams but with the korean main league and the lpl and the lec and everybody else and then then it gets a little bit tougher um but i mean even if that's the case right even if you want to take the most doomer approach it's like i think this potential salary decrease is going to come with uh very possible reductions uh in some of the more grandfathered in imports that we have in the league as well like i think 
you know, your impacts, your some days, your core JJs, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of getting up there in age anyway, uh, compared to when most esports players decide to call it quits. And uh, with a substantial salary reduction, uh, I would not blame them if that's what pushes them over the edge. And if that's the case, then you need North American players to route out the roster either way, right? If you're losing the existing imports and you're losing the, the grandfathered in imports, now you really need to start dipping into NACL for some talent. So I'm hoping this is going to be a little bit of a forcing of the hand uh, and, and that that'll have natural good results for the region, right? As they as we find more more APAs, more JoJo Pune's, more folks who are going to be able to carry this region forward. Yeah, I think it's great that we're in a slot where even when we look at the financial kind of straits that we find League of Legends and other esports in, it's good that a reduction in salary isn't a net negative. The fact that we're still talking about this as oftentimes uh, leading to positive impacts on at least what we want to see out of the outlook and trajectory of the LCS is something that I think uh, we got to keep in mind. We're starting from a baseline that actually isn't that negative, and there's plenty of ways up from here. Could be worse, yeah. Technically speaking, like, could I could be see worse. Let's go, worse. boys. NA. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, for starters, you're not Latam, so that's actually better than already, than, than whatever we have here. As well as, uh, as thinking, because I was already kind of the idea and in the mindset that the grandfather players were going to go away anyway. Like, even without uh, salary reductions, they were, for the most part, Korean. So that means that they have to do their military service, yes or yes. I'm pretty sure none of them want to not go back to Korea, uh, for the foreseeable future at the very least. So I'm pretty sure they wanted to be able to go, to go back there, and that would mean they would have to go to the military service. That would mean that they were kind of obligated already to go away even without the salary reduction and then with the now the salary reduction i think that trying to go for the hungrier players maybe that don't get enough chances it's still a fine enough um like opportunity to go for it because i do i and you guys know me i'm a trial by fire kind of person like i would throw any 17 year old personally i would throw any 16 year old into the lcs and see how they vote but technically speaking i can't and there's rules against that so sadly it's not in my power to actually make that happen but in the leagues even if you actually throw the young players their potential may just come through when they are 20 years old not when they are 16. so you have to be willing to take the time even with the imports like there's players a famous example even though he dipped in later years his map was horrible when he started playing then he became better with more time. So you have to be willing, even with the Korean and the uh, European players and maybe even Chinese imports if one comes, to actually give them time, to actually give them the opportunity to actually develop. And that way, maybe you find a gem in the rough. Uh, and also, I, I was thinking about the, the argument of going for the LCK, LCKCL players that maybe other Chinese teams and things like that were going to compete against it. And I was thinking one of the better ways to actually try and get them is having the contacts, right? Because Berserker came because of LS, technically speaking. Like, yes, there were other factors, but a huge part in that is LS having uh, the contact with T1 and knowing that they were willing to give him up because let's be honest, T1 never considered Cena in anything. So they were willing to actually give him up for an A because they know that any was going to not matter at all for them. 
So that was a good way to actually get a good a good player into their into their system and also having the contact to back them up. And I think that that's another way maybe to look at it. With FlyQuest having LS, maybe that's something that maybe they can try and look for with some other players that maybe they don't have the opportunity since there's the stigma of H in the LCK as well. So maybe they, there's potential there if you know how to move around in the market. And I think that now any teams need to actually try and be smarter because I feel like they never were smart. They were just throwing money and trying to solve the problem, seeing if it actually sticks and, and, and solving it, but not actually using their brains to try and face most of their stuff. So I hope that finally they actually try and approach that. This is our angle to get Griffin back into NA, guys. I do mm -hmm. think, like, I don't want to Good derail work. us too much on Griffin, but I actually, I, I think Griffin's got, like, such a great path to LCS pro-dom now. Like, he doesn't even have to make LCK, yep. right? Like, just be an accomplished lck challengers player and like i, I actually think that's <laughs> going to be such a great path to him like just knowing having watched lcs build rosters for 10 years now and like i actually think it's such a great path for that kid i think there's no way that griffin's not starting on an lcs team i think the only way griffin isn't starting on an lcs team by the time he's like 20 is because he's starting on an lck team true so what? the plan should be a sort of oh. Koreans and then take them back to the academy system in the LCK. And that way they are technically any players that are in the LCK system. I, I, I think that's 1000%, but I believe that unironically. Like, I, <laughs> I think that's such a, like, Peter Dunn <laughs> is in Europe, like, recommending that same thing to people, right? Like, go over to the ERLs, play the ERLs for a actually? couple of years, you get yourself imported back. <laughs> that's... That's the path to pro. If that works, it works. I I still believe to this day that the the best recipe for North American uh, roster building is to uh, build elite. You build four of your of your best developed NA talent members, and then you find an import, preferably a young one. It usually ends up being a mid laner in history of the best teams to perform internationally or domestically, arguably in LCS. Uh, and then bring them in to be coached alongside them. Uh, the examples I can pull is obviously uh, Gordo's wearing the jersey, but uh, that was the recipe for TSM's most success. I think the the height of TSM uh, uh, prowess domestically, obviously internationally. Well, actually, no. You know I, what was the tournament that they ended up winning? It wasn't an MSI, but they I won an international tournament. IEM, IEM, San Diego, was it? Yeah, I yeah. think it was IEM. I think it was IEM. Uh, was it San Jose? So, some IEM tournament. I think it was I, San Jose, actually. Yeah, I, yeah but, well, they still had league tournaments. It's, I mean, so TSM won that. And then the, the one that everyone likes to reference is, is CLG, that roster that went to MSI Finals. I'm pretty sure who he's residency, I think he was considered an import at that point because uh, I know his previous it residency was, was yeah. Korea, and then he ended up getting a North American residency, but he was technically an import at that time, and that was a roster of four NA talents in Darshanik, Smithy, Stixe, and Aframu. So that's that's my uh that's my copium hold if i see a roster like that i'll immediately jump onto it and hey who knows if a roster like that comes around next lcs season they might just be the or guy back now that i am orgless uh yeah, no, i'm allowed future. to wear this on uh at least i feel justified in wearing it on podcast now because it's a historical relic now and no longer yeah a i've got representing I've got a historical specific relic. organization up here with my name on it every cast yeah. mine is, join the club guys mine is this is a 2016 sven scaren jersey actually uh, <laughs> <laughs> my so, god okay yeah that's a real that's relic now it's a, it's a retired org retired player the whole jersey's done now uh, yep. 
Well, technically not retired, just run away. No, he's a coach now. He's he's Spencer No, I mean retired. the TSM. Oh, the I org. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. org's done. No, <laughs> yeah. the org. Okay, <laughs> I guess I guess the org's gonna come to LPL one day, or something. We'll see. There'll be an expansion team. Who cares? Could be. Uh, <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what TSM does now. They're not NA anymore. Yeah. Um, let's get into some players. We haven't talked about players yet. So, uh, yeah, let's start off. Uh, we, we tossed around a lot of ideas for where to begin. I think the best place to begin is probably the bottom lane. Uh, so let's kick it off with bottom lane. For, before I say any names, I do want to uh, to give my quick little spiel about how I think historically the because I'm gonna at least from my from my perspective I'm gonna talk about players in terms of like likelihood I think that they're gonna get promoted uh, in addition to like what I personally think about them because I think that's what's gonna be most relevant to the kind of LCS focused audience that I want to center this episode for uh, give you guys who maybe don't pay so much attention to the NACL uh, a little bit more of a window into what to expect from these players as the announcements start to come out. Uh, you know, screw it. I'll, I'll commit to it here. Cause I tend to follow through on commitments when I say them on the show. Uh, I'll, I'll update like timestamps or I'll do a pinned comment or something, uh, as like leaks start to come out about players, about where we talk about specific players. Um, got to remember to keep notes about that stuff now, but that's all right. I'll do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I'm going to talk about likelihood of them getting promoted. I think just as heavily as I am going to talk about my personal opinion on their, their skill level. Um, and with that in mind, I, I think I would go remiss without bringing up that historically, again, been around LCS for, for 11 seasons now. I think the number one way to get promoted into LCS has is and has always been to substitute in for the LCS uh, at some point because of visa issues or illness or somebody massively underperforming and showing up pretty well while you're doing that. So right up at the top of my list, right, is going to be the APAs, the insanities, the the winsomes of the world, because I think that just puts them off to a huge um, head start. Uh, then, like, maybe second on the tier list is, like, 17-year-old prodigies who people feel like deserve a shot right away. Cough Sniper, Cough Johnson, Cough Jojo Pune. Uh, and then third is going to be, like, undeniable best players in Academy who really deserve it, unfortunately. Uh, so, not to say the other two groups don't deserve it, but... They, I think they get a little bit more focus from teams. So, with that said, I want to talk about a prodigy. Who, uh, who is Masu, right? I think this is going to be the name that you're going to hear most often this year from people who follow the NACL closely. Uh, I think, not to not to derail with multiple players at once, but I think Meech got a lot of focus because of his performance in the final that a lot of people watched because he played for DSG. Um, but I think most people who are really in tune with the NACL uh, are going to tell you that Masu is the number one prospect, period, and especially the number one marksman prospect coming out of the NACL this split. Um, the broadcast crew gave him his, their most valuable prospect award. Uh, he's been fantastic in lane. He's been fantastic out of lane. He has had so many crazy highlight plays already. He was looking very serviceable in NACL, even while playing on ping for most of spring. Uh, and, and since getting on, on a more reasonable internet connection has been absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I, I think this guy's really high up on the list. I think he's the top candidate to replace Prince, who is now officially announced as departing FlyQuest, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I, 
open up the floor for you guys to talk about Nasu, but I, th- I think he's he's right up there. I think it's very likely you see him in 2024. Yeah, I think it's the perfect recipe, as you kind of laid out here, Gordo, to have a shot at the LCS. I think that Masu has already proven consistently to be one of the best players in the AD carry role that we have in NACL, and I think that the time is right for them to get the nod, get the move up. Um, but because it's such an uncontroversial pick, I really uh, just kind of have to look at the kind of edge cases that perhaps would cause them to stay down. And the only thing that I could imagine here is just that there's a little bit too much Deadwood in the LCS currently for the AD carry role, because I do think it is one of the more firmly set groups, uh, even post-contract renegotiations. I wonder if this is going to be a place where we don't really see that much mobility up or away from the league. So taking a quick look at AD carries, there's four that I'm already guessing they're gone. Just because. Okay. So yeah, but mainly because two are Korean, and I'm expecting them to be a, to to get better teams. No offense to any any team, but yeah, better teams, which are Berserker and um, Prince. Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I would expect to get better offers. At the very least, Chinese or Korean, but w- there there has to be better places for them to showcase themselves and then doubly feels like it's going to be a question mark for me not because i think he's bad but because i'm not sure if he wants to come back to any train record that's the main question mark that i'm having here i think he has the capabilities to still play but like i feel like at this point in his career he has the luxury to select and even if he takes a split away he still has the luxury to select so I'm not, I'm not sure he wants to take a train record or anything like that, just for the love of it. At the very least, not right now. And then it's the disposable ones. With no try, and I don't want this to sound as as bad as I actually made it sound, but like it's more so the ones that you would be willing to trade or that you're not willing to pay in comparison to a star rookie coming up hot like Masu. And then in the topic of the eighty carries that I would love to see up. So Masu, like like, like Nirko was saying, it feels like it was the easy one to, to try and mention, but it's because NACL, pretty much every NACL caster was trying to to force us, force feed us the Masu narrative. Not that I'm against it, like I understand why, right? It, it makes sense why they did it. But funnily enough, the longer it went, and I was initially one of his main doubters, the longer it went, I'm one of his main believers now. Because I think that in the long run, and this is a statement I want to make, just because if there's a clip potential, I want to make it out. I think Mitch will outperform Masu in the future. I think he's going to be the, the, the one that is going to get the true stardom or be in the pedestal above Masu. I think Mitch is going to be the true star, and I hope that any team invests in, invest in him. Ideally, I hope Sinan goes for him when Berserker goes away. Because I think that he deserves the attention and he has a really good potential to actually go up. And he also worked with someone close to C9 already, so I think that it should be a really easy connection to go there. Uh, yeah, the Seizo. It's who I'm talking about. Yeah. That, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to save my comments on that, man, because I, I'm sure I'm going to be on a, a tirade about once we get to that position. <laughs> uh, what is interestingly enough, though, is I actually... Do agree Berserker's out, but I think there's a different AD that if there was a promotion scenario that would actually slot into the C9 AD carry position. And I'm going to lean on the logic that Gordo said about 
familiarity with players at the LCS level. Now, obviously, there's the obvious ones that happened last split that are that we'll get into the other ones. But uh, a lot of people don't remember that King was a part of the Cloud9 system for a very, very long time, including playing for the LCS team. Now, did it go very well the first time around? Not necessarily. But, however, uh, I still think King made a lot of great strides in a roster that we were for three-fourths of the summer split calling a dumpster fire and then somehow made a run that not a lot of people were expecting from EG Challengers. Now, obviously, that is also playing into the guys like Surdy stepping up really well, but King, when that team was bad, was consistently really performing well. Uh, and I still believe that based off that and the fact that he has so much LCS experience, he will be pulled up into one of those slots. Uh, the one player that I think might also have a shot for a similar reason, but I, I don't want to give him the chance, <laughs> is Lost. Uh, I, I think Lost has, has had enough chances, uh, but I could see it happening. I, yeah. I, I would give it like, I would give him like a, a, a somewhat chunk chance that it happens because of the fact that he has, you know, gone up in so much and played well when he's popped down at points. The last thing I'll say about uh, the marksman role is, uh, I know they're still playing. Uh, but based off contract things, uh, I think another one of the AD teams that's going to have an AD gap potentially, uh, it depends on how they play. I think FBI might be out of the league as well uh, when they get back. Uh, he's been around a lot, and he would cost. He might not want to take a, a, a cost gap. So I think NRG could be looking for an AD carry as well. But I'm pretty confident with the four, Masu for obvious reasons, Mitch for obvious reasons, and I think one of the two of King or Lost is going to be in the LCS by next split. Yeah, so that's a lot of names that have been thrown out in the last couple of minutes. I'll give it to you in a second, Nyarko. Um, I will say, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that you bring up Lost there. And I, yeah, I do want to make a point to, to bring up players who maybe weren't directly competing in NACL in 2023 summer or, you know, maybe even left NACL for a bit to play in LCS in 2023 summer. You know, I think some of those guys are going to be borderline as well and are worth talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, Lost, Lost was pretty fantastic on C9 Challengers in spring. So, I mean, if he... I just hope that, I, while I agree he wouldn't be super high on my list, um, just because I think there's other really good names on here. You know, I think between Masu, Meech, King, I have some other names I'm going to mention in a bit as well, that, yeah, I would rather see newer talent. But don't be, you know, don't be crazy shocked if Lost's name starts coming up somewhere or other, especially because he doesn't take up that import slot, and especially because... He looks so good in spring, which he's, he's done before, cheap. right? He's like he's been an academy gatekeeper for a while, um, but you know this this is a re this region gives people a lot of shots. I have no idea how the narrative, by the way, not to get on a tangent, but I don't, I have no idea how the narrative is that like we promote rookies too soon and then everybody hates them and then their career is ruined. Like who has that ever freaking happened to guys? We can, we give these people so many chances, like just <laughs> to support TDS's point, like this promote the young guy. And if he bombs out, we will give him another chance. If he still looks good, we've done that with every player. <laughs> it's, it's like ideally sooner rather than later, but yeah, like, yeah, it's still better to actually try them out. And also, like, because uh, just talking about it quickly, like, with the APA recent, I wouldn't, I don't want to say hate thread, because I don't think it was a hate thread, it just felt like random drama that started. I wish we did the same when consistently bad performances by Korean imports happen. Yeah. Because 
it's easy to go against the the NA rookie that performed badly. I also go are going I'm going to critique them because I did I think they performed below what I expected from them. I think they could be better than this. But that being said, I I was expect I was hoping for the MNS thread. Where is that? I didn't see anything about MNS compared to to APA, and he played like dog shit as well. So I need I need to see either same same uh, reasoning here like for every player too. that is coming through, or not, or don't say anything. Yeah, and same soon by the way. I think this actually feeds into a point that I want to make really quick, which is that this is a very tough navigation to navigate and or discussion to navigate, and I'm honestly not falling off the concept of this episode, but I'm getting more and more stressed trying to figure out what my arguments are going to be for the rest of these players, because I'm looking back at our rosters and I'm looking at the kind of fantasy off season uh, speculation that we need to do for what things are going to look like in the future. And for me, I think that a lot of who gets shots and how we talk about people getting shots really comes down to who we expect to stay, who we expect to go on the LCS's currently extent side. And then from there, we can try to build out who has connections where, where are teams most likely to draw from if we think that there is some amount of vertical mobility from an academy team up to the LCS roster, or is it a little bit more free for all? That's something that I need to kind of work through here. But to quickly touch on C9 in particular here, I think that if we are looking specifically as to what slots are going to have a potential for C9 to draw new talent into. I think that right now I'm looking at bot as being relatively locked up by Berserker. I think that C9 will want to keep one or two players on the roster. I think Blabber is a strict lock. I think that he is what C9 are looking to build a team around. And then beyond that, is it Eminus? No, I don't think so. Especially after the all chat incident, I think he's probably gone. Uh, Fudge has been perpetually disappointing to me, but I understand that he has his own meme potential. I could see it happening. Um, but Sven also looked really disappointing at this world. I think that if they renegotiate, there's a chance that he falls off. And I think that if they want to throw money at someone, it's probably going to be their bot laner. So for me, I'm going to say that I got to look elsewhere in the LCS to see where people could slot in. And that's why I'm a little bit down on someone like Lost, even though he has ties to the organization formerly. Yeah, well, and actually, just quickly to point out, actually thinking with C9, let's ignore the rest because I'm, I'm a, I agree completely with Nierko on that. Like, if Blabber says he wants a golden toilet, he's going to get a golden toilet. That's pretty much a given with C9. He is the star boy for that organization, and if they let him go, it would be the dumbest decision ever unless there's the reincarnation of Dandy coming through. Like, that's the only way I can see them giving him up. Or he wants to go away, which it could also happen. Like, there's been cases where... The, the players want to go for elsewhere, but I pro I don't expect anything weird with Blabber. The thing, though, is that we're talking about Sven, but there's always the potential for Sven to go back to AD Carry. And then they just bring a support in, in case they want to try and keep the player there, he's willing to take the pay cut, and then just still play in the organization as the AD Carry and bring a good enough support that he feels like could be boosted up, or he looks for another AD Carry. Like, that's almost always the... Um, the the potential there just because Sven technically could still go back there particularly with c9 is where i'm looking at 
BDS, you don't hear about a pipeline moving in two directions. The ADC to support pipeline is very real. Nobody's <laughs> climbing back up. This one. You saw him at Worlds, man. He doesn't have the mechanics anymore to play the, Marksman. It's over. The pipe it's is over. very slick. It's hard to... It's a very slippery pipe. If he Call just it a plays... water slide down. If he just plays something like, what, Ash every game, then I'm fine with that. Well, uh, I will say... The thing the, I, I'm feeding into the tangent now. The thing with Sven's mechanics is the is playing engaged support has to be the opposite mechanical logic to eighty carry playing. So I'll give him a little bit of onus there. The, the best supports he plays is enchanters. We've now established that he cannot play engaged supports. That's the problem, and that will <laughs> screw over teams when there is engaged support meta. Like oh I don't know worlds. Uh but I will say enchanter supports play fights a lot similar to an 80 carry plays fights. So that's kind of why I think the pipeline worked. I will say though, I'm just completely out on Sven. I I, I, I don't, I, I think he shouldn't be on a top three roster in North America. I, I think there are better options and I'll get into it uh, later down the line. Because yeah, I want to that's, pull us that's what, to, to go off Yarko's <laughs> point, I do think that like, yeah, for that reason, like I'm happy to talk about the type of team. I think these players would fit in and, I've listed out anybody that I think has like a realistic path and maybe even some that I don't really think have a realistic path. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try to make solid calls on like what exact team they end up on just because, especially with the rumors um, about salary and contract renegotiations, but even without that, right? Like some teams just completely rebuild out of nowhere, right? Like this year, FlyQuest dropped all five players and built a brand new team. And it's like, with with a new with new organizational infrastructure and a whole new influx of money and it's like at this time last year who could have said that that's what was going to happen you know it's just it just gets there's so many moving parts here that it's like you know unless i can magically control all 10 teams and gm all of them simultaneously there's there's no way of controlling what's going to happen um so I don't, so I'm just going to name names and else, and yes. paths i think they have and the kinds of teams i think they would fit into with that said, I want to get back on names. Um, somebody I do want to talk about a little bit is is Tomo. Um, just because he's played the better part of a split. And it, well, he's played like he played a whole split now, right? He played pretty much all summer. And most he played some of spring and all of summer, right? So yeah. Tomo's like had a full split now, right? Um, the question is kind of what to do about Tomo, right? It's, I think he looked okay on a dumpster fire of a Dignitas team. I'm curious whether he retains a spot or not. Um, I, I, I do think that'll probably kind of depend on import volume a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting to see. And like the other question is like, does Dignitas want to stick with him um, based on what their rebuild looks like? Because, you know, Santorin's retired. Jensen's left the org. At least that's the rumor. Um I, I doubt Rich stays around, so I think it's it's rebuild time for Dignitas, right? Yeah. I'm uh, personally, if we're going to go back to fantasy LCS, uh, guess the Bonzake, I guess is what we play in the sumo world. I don't know what we're going to call it here for uh, League of Legends, but my guess would be I don't think anybody's sticking on the Dignitas roster. Now, Tomo is probably the most likely, but I could easily see them shift over to, like, I don't know, Maybe FlyQuest when Prince leaves or something like that, depending on what Fly's financial situation looks like. But yeah, I don't think that Dig is going to 
be doing a whole lot in most of their roles but if there was someone to build around it's probably tomo by virtue of getting a decent contract negotiation out of him but that's just the vibes that i'm operating on right now i have a different idea for dignitas but we'll get to that right. later i i uh, i'm just still are, are we convinced that dignitas is going to be an lcs org no uh, is there, is there <laughs> yeah i mean like is there t they have, there's no confirm and there's still time tell your spot immortals I mean, immortals did just hire a coach so we know there's still immortals Okay, well, I mean, I would... Immortals hired uh, the, the FlyQuest coach. What's his name? Right. Um, Zunk? No, not that one. <laughs> uh, Look, I think Diggs at least nuking their roster and rebuilding cheap before they try to sell their slot or something drastic like that, Slayer. That, that's at least where I'm at with it. All I know is how fast did CLG and NRG swap. That's all I'm saying. It still could, it still could very much happen. That, that was like... Man. That was like an overnight thing. I, I, it's, it's, it's a point to make. I mean, like, this, <laughs> like we could pretend like it takes year, like forever to do this because uh, Reginald decided to rant on Reddit about how he's getting TSM out of the LCS like six months before the deal got done. But in reality, it's like if these if these teams if these orgs here are an offer they like, I mean, you, even like as a, a roster that or an org like CLG, just see ya. So I don't know. Uh, Dignitas is certainly a, a very weird one. I lean more towards giving uh, in my head i've kind of already picked out 480 carries that our marksman i think would get promoted or like three of the four of them are and i've kind of already outlined them so uh, i guess that makes me a little more out on on tomo than more people because i think guys like masu meech and then like one of king and loss will take up the slots that are remaining over uh over tomo i think he, he's probably following the trajectory where if he wants it he'll drop back down to nacl and then we'll figure out if he's worth another one of those shots like Gordo keeps outlining we give to so many players. Now, thinking about another AD Curry that could come up that actually wasn't really thinking much about him, but just remember that he's currently actually on a team. So could end up being the backup in case they cannot keep their starting one, which is Golden Guardians with Sticks A and Array. They still have Array technically on the roster and they can try and Finally prop him up to what I want to he to see from this AD carry because I was one of the biggest believers of Golden Guardians Academy when Academy system still existed. And or Golden Guardian Challengers when the Challenger system was still the Challengers teams from the uh, LCS orgs. I was one of the biggest believers of Golden Guardians because of both Young and Array. And I think Array deserves a shot in the LCS. Not only because I think that he's one of the better AD carries that you could get in terms of the marketing value. Uh, for for um for the challenger system but also because i think that he's one of the better ones as well and hopefully he gets team even if it's not a golden guardians i could see him going into any of the remaining teams that are still going to be left and also thinking about the the dignitas thing just quickly this may uh, hopefully it's not a big tangent but just quickly like there's still the chance that this that, that the organizations decide not to sell anymore just because they try to hold out for maybe a better upturn in the esports ecosystem and then they sell as soon as that upturn comes but yeah. maybe they're going to wait a bit longer before that especially because i think be... tsm's kind of fucked the market a little bit yeah pretty much Classic. i think that at this point it's pretty much going to end in a loss anyway so why not try and wait it out and see if maybe there's an upturn and that way you can try and and get something back better and not be as dumb as tsm that that could be an actual mm -hmm approach here by Dignitas. And I was also going to say quickly, because I remembered, didn't Stixay go from support to AD carry back 
No, Stixay was just, he went from Academy to LCS to he went down but he to was Academy playing back up, and he went to coach. He went from coach to went Academy to coach. back to he LCS. Went to coach. Damn, I thought he it was Stixay. Yeah. He played AD There was a time. player there, but I don't remember who he was. But yeah, I'm pretty sure Array is my like kind of third option after both. I think you're thinking Mitch of Keith. Keith went Massive. AD carry to support back to AD oh, carry. Oh yeah, but Keith, like never back at LCS. Who remembers Keith? <laughs> who remembers Keith? Right. Keith. That's the problem. My boy, because there was that peer, there was that era of Golden Guardians where they were just trying to convert players to support. <laughs> like well. I will not, yeah, Prismal I will not sign a career well. support no matter what. They did Prismal. Uh, they did, they were aware who he role swapped initially. They, they were yep. like, give me anybody that's not a support main. I'll take anybody I can get. Um, I do like the array point. I with that said, I I think I'm pretty I'm pretty curious to see where a lot of because there's like. My brain thinks of three players, Array, Jenkins, and XU, who, when their respective NACL teams uh, when got dropped, uh, orgs picked them up as substitutes, and they took yeah. those substitute contracts rather than play in the NACL or the NACLQ circuit. Uh, I'm very curious what that means for these players' careers. Like, I don't... Is that an advantage? Is it a disadvantage? I, I don't actually know. Um... I'm very curious because we haven't gotten to see them play publicly, but you know, a they've gotten that like pre-existing vouch from an org that like when you were playing this LCS org thought you were good, which is something that like you know it, you can't even be sure an LCS org is paying attention to NACL anymore. Um, and so like there's that vouch, and then there's like in theory, right? How how involved have they been in the day to day of the team? Do they ever play any scrims? Stuff that's just not public facing. Um, so I'm very. I agree that Array could do it. I think he would deserve it, um, based on his spring performance. Uh, yeah, I'm just very curious to see what position he's in. I have one more AD carry before we move on, uh, and uh, and that's Wixie. Um, Wixie uh, was one of my. If we had done an episode like this between spring and summer, which we never ended up doing, um, Wixie was on my top three to be promoted between spring and summer. Uh, Tactical was coming off of a very bad spring. Um, that was a change I was, I was endorsing, uh, IMT to make, um, instead they disbanded their challenger team. Uh, so, you know, and dropped Wixie with that said, uh, Wixie then went back to, he went for, to Korea for all of summer. He was grinding in Korea. Um, he just got back. He's playing on a team called peach cats in the ACL, uh, TDS and I just cast a game of his last week. Uh, he looks great. He beat Mirage Alliance along with the rest of the Peach Cats. Um, I think he, yeah, he, he looks fantastic. Um, he got to play Jinx one game, which is a little bit of a life hack, but still. Um, he looked very good. Uh, I th and like I think what really stands out to me about Wixie is how he has responded to the amount of adversity he has faced in his career. Like, I think if you, if those those who don't know, right, he came up, um, he got his first shot in Academy on, it was 100 Thieves Academy, right? I, I'm going to make sure that I'm not crazy about that while I talk. Was um, it maybe the Prospects instead of Academy? or was No, it I think he, he was on 100 Thieves Academy for, like, one split. I'm okay. pretty sure. Uh, no, it was Cloud9 Academy. Yeah, no, he oh, was on 100, yeah, he was on 100 Thieves Academy for one split in spring 2022. Um, so he played for 100 Thieves Academy for one split in spring 2022, got dropped, um, and then kind of grinded his way back up with AoE Ginger Turmeric, the core that eventually became Wildcard, 
um, got onto IMT Academy again, uh, and, and, you know, look better than ever. Um, and, and then IMT challengers disbands, right. And, you know, he takes that opportunity and goes to Korea to keep grinding and keep getting better. Like, I think he's just responded, uh, to these kind of like curveballs and, and shit sandwiches that, that the scene has handed him. Uh, and he, he's done a fantastic job of it. And to me that like, I like seeing that, that kind of fire, that fight, um, the fact that he responds to stuff like that by just grinding harder and getting better is is huge, I think, especially in North America. Yeah, I think that Wixie has a shot, but I do think there's a chance that he kind of falls under that narrative that you mentioned at the start of the broadcast, Gordo. Or I keep saying broadcast. It's a podcast. I don't know if that's truly We're, broadcast. we're broadcasters at heart, Nierko. You can <laughs> call it whatever go. you want. But... Um, I do think that there's a chance that he gets called up to LCS. I don't know what his success chances are going to be like at that level of play. But the good news is that we give many second chances to prospects. And as long as he gets his foot in the door, I think that he has a shot at the top level. And as you said, I think that he faces adversity by grinding harder, getting better as a player. And there's still such a ceiling for him to grow into. So I really like to put him on the list. And honestly, I don't think I disagree with anybody regarding the list as for me, as we, we do lose Slayer here. Hopefully you'll come back. Uh, uh, but... I don't know what happened. Interesting. <laughs> here, let, Caddy? Me, let me refresh is, is you. Is that Caddy? Caddy the Caddy treatment? I got oh, you. Oh, there Ken. you are. I got hello, you. Hello. I refreshed you. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. That means it is a Caddy moment because I fixed it the way Caddy always fixes it. By hammering the refresh button. Yes. Um, Works. But, yeah, all I was going to say is, I, I don't think I disagree with this list. I don't think I disagree with the order you guys are putting these AD carries in. For me, it's just maybe I'm a little bit more pessimistic about how many of them actually get the call up. But stacking-wise, I think that they're going to be going in the order that we're talking about them in, with the Wixie kind of at the very bottom of the list, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I do think, like, d don't get me wrong, I think baked into the amount of players I have on this list and that I'm going to try to talk about here... I think baked into that is um, a, a desire for a paradigm shift, right? I think, like, right now, it's like you have to be the best of the best, undeniable, and then you're, like, borderline to get promoted, right? <laughs> like, it's like we, we came into that last offseason, right? And it's like, like this time last year, we're like, is Buzio going to get a shot? Is Tenacity going to get a shot? Is, you know, it's like, it, it's is a you know the only person I think I really felt confident 100% was going to get a shot after last split was Ayla, and that's just because he got to substitute in <laughs> an LCS team that was good, um, and yeah I, I like I would fully endorse like a paradigm shift for that right like I don't that's not how it is at least from my perspective in LCK in LPL in LEC it's like the best of the best cream of the crop are getting promoted you know they're getting promoted the question is just where. And then, you know, your next level down, you're like pretty good borderline guys are just that. Those are the borderline guys. Maybe they get promoted. Maybe they don't. Like that's that's how I wish we would view talent in North America. And that's where I hope the kind of forced consolidation from the salary and the esports winter stuff um, will take us. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know that it will, especially not like overnight. So, you know, maybe Wixie and, you know, maybe like Wixie and uh, and like King have like very small chances in, in reality. But I think this is just this, this mentioning them at all is pushing for a paradigm shift where I think it's like 
Masu and Meech should be a given. It should be 1,000% they're going up. And then the rest of these guys should be maybes. Instead, I, I, I do think the reality is like, I hope Masu and Meech go up. <laughs> like, I, I, But I, I hate that, and I, I refuse to endorse it as the way things should be. I, I just think that um, when it comes to Wixie, I, I'm very confident that he will be on a NACL roster next split. Um, I, I just think he – I believe in the talent. I, you know, I, I trust a lot of what Gordo says about talent, honestly more than my, my own intuition sometimes. But the matter of the fact is we haven't seen him on a riot stage in a while. And unfortunately – Orgs just in North America don't take the shot like that when it comes at the highest level. So yeah, that's fair. I think he's going to be on. I in the unfortunate part is I I can't even confidently say that I think he's going to be on an ACL roster. I hope he's on an ACL roster because I think that if he is and the the promotions to play out the way we've seen them play out, he will be the best marksman going into the NACL in my yeah. mind. Well, and I, I, it, thankfully, the be, the beauty of our new NACL format is I, I'm not, even if he doesn't, I'm not that concerned because I think he'll get promoted by summer because somebody is sure. going to somebody is going to want an NACL spot and they will that the person who wants a spot will identify that Wixie is a good way to get it. Yep. And also, just to add on to that, like I think he will secure the NACL spot because we do have Samudo. Like the, he did something similar uh, in yeah. spring, and he ended up going into summer in an NACL spot. So I feel like, at the very least, NACL should be a given for Wixie. Grandmaster, I'm pretty sure Wixie hit challenger. So yeah, you know? exactly. So I'm pretty sure that should pretty be a given for the NACL spot. Hopefully, it's better than that. But at the very least, I'm expecting the NACL spot to be sure. All right. Man, Peach Cat's just straight up qual. Uh, they no. could. Um, is that not, I don't think a, they can because their roster is pretty much NACL players. Yeah, their roster is stacked. Yeah, they they can't. I was gonna say, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, they don't have they don't have any so active NACL like... players. So I mean, yeah, could... that's what I was thinking. Oh no, they have so... Keel. They have Keel. They have, they have oh, Keel. I was gonna say they have Keel. And <laughs> they have uh, wait, they have Keel they, and Onat is like retired from NACL. No, but play. I mean they're top as well. Who's their top? Moose Hater. Oh, it's Moose, Moose, Moose Hater. Yeah. So the question is, does he kick? Does he take Zabuto's job back or not? I don't. I, don't I mean, I, because I think that, like, outside of Keel, like, the core Peach Cats roster could easily really straight good. up call yeah. through next path into any sales. So yeah. That could be an angle. Yeah. There's just no way they're catching yeah, Well, the, 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 Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could put, pluck up this core. I think there's there's too much wild card on this team um, for fair. it to necessarily mm -hmm. stick. Because it's like, Isles was also meant to be the wild card starter. I, that feels like a generation yeah. ago now, but it was at the beginning of last split. I don't know what happened there. Um, and then it's like they're they're being coached by, I'm not going to call him Sean Bowway on on this podcast. This is my goddamn show. I can call him Griffin if I want to call him Griffin. Um, <laughs> the Wiggly for those who only know LCFs. Um, oh, you mean Sean Bowway? I do mean Sean Bowway. Um, <laughs> his solo queue account is called Academy? Sean Bowway. He asked us on oh, ACL so to call good. him Sean Bowway. Um, it's Griffin slash Wiggly, uh, not the. 16-year-old Griffin playing in Korea. Um, the, Griffin with that's multiple eye, ends. The much older, the much older Griffin with with eyes spelled normally. No Y's. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. with the, uh, that Griffin, uh, former CLG Griffin, uh, Wiggly at the time, is also thing. on that team. Um, like Odd Orange is on their sub list. 
And then it's like, yeah. And, yeah, and like, and Onat, I don't think, maybe Onat will still play qualifiers, but Onat has made it pretty clear he doesn't want to play NACL anymore um, yeah. in his twit longer. Maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. Uh, his choice. But, but yeah, I mean, like, a core of Moose Hater, Wixie, Isles would be sick. Anyway, let's get out of support because we're 50 minutes in and we've only talked about bot lane. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, speed this up. <laughs> we'll speed it up exactly a little bit. We'll speed me. it up a little bit for Nyarko's sake, at least. I know Nyarko's running on a million hours right now. Um, <laughs> got to be in the office by eight, and I got to walk two miles to get there. So, <laughs> woohoo! All right, let's get out of support then. Support, uh, I think it's our weakest role coming in this split. Uh, no shame in that. Um, it's got to be some role this this year's support. Buzio, Buzio and Ayla both got promoted last year. It's natural that, that it'll be our weaker role this year. Um, uh, I, I think the name that has to be mentioned is Zazel. Um, Zazel should be undeniable. Uh, I'm. I will riot. I'm about it. Yeah, like, I'm about as confident in any single person getting promoted. Probably second highest confidence in them getting promoted out of everybody here is Zazel. Uh, and that's only because Sniper is, like, already being rumored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prior to Worlds even starting, Sniper was being rumored. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think, especially, you know, in a league that is going to try to get more talent, like, North American talent is going to be forced to get more North American talent. Um, and in a league that I think possibly due to salary cuts will be a little bit more starved for veterancy because I expect a lot of older players to retire. Um, and in a league that just needs more good supports, like, I think Zazel's, Zazel's your guy, right? Like, you know, like, Biofrost seems pseudo-retired. I expect Core JJ to retire. I expect Treats to go back to Europe. Like, well, know, he already like... said that he was going to stay with Tactical, no? Didn't he already say that they, both of them were going to stay? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he year. did. Maybe he did. Whatever. Either way, that's one. That's one player. Um. <laughs> but there's also the angle now talking about sports that someone now this this makes sense, right? That someone or maybe a couple of them just lane swaps into support. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the risk, role. right? Is like and, and honestly, like don't. talking about the supports that I think could could end up going up. In all honesty, I think. At the most, two. At the least, one. And that one is because CoreJJ is going to go away. So I think it's, he probably is going to get the, the that's, promotion. I think that's a longer shot their, to me. But yeah. In their I, system. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but, to, fi to finish up Zazel, I'll let Slayer yeah. gush on Zazel for a second. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think Zazel's the, the most complete support, probably the most complete player coming out of NACL, right? Like, he lacks the hype that, like, Amasu yeah. does because we've seen him at this level before. Um, we've seen him at Worlds before, um, and honestly, I don't. I don't think he was ever bad enough to deserve being taken out of the LCS. Uh, kind of a surprise that it fell that way. Um, yeah, I, I. I will welcome him back with open arms. Come back, support Santa Claus. Yeah, I, I've been crying weekly since he left. Uh, I'm gonna keep this one. I'm gonna keep this one a buck. Zazel will be in a Cloud Nine or TL jersey next LCS. Wow. He will be their starting support player. That I is, wish I had I, that hope. I because I, I think I think Core is gone. Uh, it sounds toxic. I pray that Sven is not playing support for Cloud9 anymore. Um, 
Good save. I good, think, good hedge. Good hedge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Zazel is either going to go home to Cloud9, who are going to welcome him with open arms, paying him less than they played Zven last season because they have to, or DL Steve is going to be, is, is, uh, as is one of the few org owners I can trust besides Jack, is going to look at Zazel and be like, well, I mean, we lost core. What are we going to do here? Uh, what do we got here in the academy? Oh, Zazel? That guy went to Worlds. Throw him in the roster. I'm sure. I'm sure he will go well, especially paired next to Yon, who, like you mentioned, Zazel's a bigger veteran than half the supports we saw in the LCS last split. So why not put him next to Yon? Uh, I, I, that, that's my call. Uh, Zazel will be playing for Team Liquid or Cloud Nine come 2024. Did I like Before. miss a memo that Core JJ's just gone? I feel like he he out of anybody on the TL roster has a pretty high likelihood of staying. No. I don't he's know. He's not even I think, a real import anymore. Doesn't he is, like have he a is, He has a green card. I just yeah, I so I mean has, first I of all done. I think the big thing is that he's he just turned 29. So if Yeah, he, he has uh, to go 100%. Yeah, I but I I think the rules like, are different if you are not in Korea. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Korean law. I remember yeah. the like the truism for forever was you need to do your military service by 30. Um, but like, I, like there's been cases where that hasn't been like somehow Reaper is still coaching in the West at like 31 and stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand how, like some of them have managed to dodge it. Um, the question is, yeah, well, first of all, like does court JJ want to move back to Korea at all? Does he have to by age? Um, but I mean, I, I think the other concern, right. Is like, he's been one of the better played players in the league for a while now. And I just don't think. TL is going to keep up that spending. Like I think, I think Steve is given one too many last dance pitches. I don't think he will be able to secure the money to keep paying Core for much longer. And I don't think Core. I don't know. My my personal guess is that I don't think Core at nearly thirty, with like a wife and shit now, is going to want to keep playing like LCS League of Legends for pay that is more moderate. So, there's no factual evidence on what I'm about to say, but I think I remember seeing this somewhere because I'm a huge K-pop fan. So, I, to a certain degree, follow what happens with the Korean military, but there, there is no factual evidence to whatever I'm about to say. I just feel like I remember seeing it or have some inkling to seeing it somewhere from some crazy K-pop fans. If you are Korean and you go out, from Korea, you still have to do the Korean military service. You can stay out of Korea and not do the military service, but you cannot come back. Like you're, you're banished pretty much from the country. You cannot come back. So he can stay here, but if he wants to see his family again, he probably wants to go <laughs> to the Korean military hostage. service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I think the underlying point is correct. Yeah. I, I thought I. That's the thing. I don't know if it's like. So after you're thing, 30, the, you have to go the second you come back or like what the deal is before you're 30, you have to have it done. But I think there's slight exemptions. What I do think is there's a slight exceptions for athletes because athletes may have more a bit more leeway depending on both their accolades and if they're actually like recognized athletes. Like I think there's yeah. a slight exemption there, but I'm not going to act like I, I know on that. Like I know they have to do it before 30 Korean years. Now I think they well, took that away, so now it's actually actual years, but you have to do it before 30. Well isn't the thing too when it comes to athletes didn't because didn't South or didn't Korea just win 
Uh, if you win an the, Olympic medal, but, I know but it exempts it's only you. The and Asia Games it. counts as an Olympic yeah, medal. Asia, okay, so, so that's the, fa- the six. Okay. The six players on the yeah, Korean the ones Asia Games it. roster yeah. are now exempt. Okay, yeah, okay. so I didn't know that fell Olympics. So. Yeah, because I'm sure nobody's tuning into the salt mine to listen to us speculate about Korean <laughs> policy that we 100% know nothing about. Uh, I apologize for just derailing. I'll get back. No, on no, this is re-railing. We've had this debate like how many episodes have we landed on this debate? I swear. We've talked two. about Core JJ's I've, retirement. I brought it up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's happened before. Already. Yeah. But, but my overall point is just I'm going to hedge even harder than Slayer. I think Zazal is going to be in a jersey for the LCS. One of these orgs, they're going to pick him up. The thing is, I feel like by virtue of playing on Disguised, which I know Toast ran out of like his own money and everything, but there's no way that their salaries are that high. I think that Zazal will take literally any offer that comes his way to play Oh, yeah, I don't LCS, think you so need to pay Zazal that heavily. Um, yeah. And so, therefore, could be a dig angle. I think that there's a bunch of different places that he can go. I don't necessarily think that, especially given the fact that he no longer was on C9 challengers by virtue of it disbanding, uh, really needs to be called up to either them or TL necessarily. True. I just think we're just ignoring everything and it's arrow just swapping to support and then going to TL or C9. Oh my God. No, I just, I remember Zazel refusing to play Academy because it was like where careers go to die that's a quote yeah. from him yep. um and so it's like i i think i surely i would you would think about dignitas the same way like i think dignitas is also where careers go to die yeah so i think he'll have some matter of choice and i think if you have any matter of choice in the lcs you you avoid dignitas uh, yeah <laughs> along that same logic really quickly girl that's why i said c9 and tl because i think those will be the two most successful domestic orgs in the lcs next season outside of nrg who i don't think will move who he I think FlyQuest will still be spending a lot too. Maybe not quite as much yeah. as this year, but I but think they already have still Vulcan. They do already have Vulcan, assuming they keep sure. Vulcan. Vulcan did an interview I think recently. That if keep Vulcan's still Vulcan's still floating the Europe thing. Oh um, right. So maybe he goes to Europe. They probably okay. keep Spica anyway, and that's already a good start. So yeah. Yeah. cool. Maybe, but let's let's get into the icy. point that TDS was making though about other. Uh, I have I have Kim down on this list. And the only reason I have Kim down on this list is because I suspect Core JJ is retiring and because I know that Team Liquid likes him. Um, Like, Spawn has a lot of sway over there, and I know Spawn is a big Kim down guy. Um, Yeah, I don't know. They just just love him over there, and you got to give that some weight um, when the org is, like, so behind a player. Yeah. yeah, that they're like, like even you know, they're a decent amount of their public academy tryouts were streamed, and like people didn't like him down out of that that much. I know his like non-stream games supposedly looked a lot better, but it's just like they they just see something in this guy, um, and it's not just the fact that he can speak Korean, um, although that doesn't. Well, hurt. that's gonna make the joke. That doesn't they hurt. Keep the TLC it do- dream alive. It doesn't hurt. Like that's the thing. <laughs> if they are still it. trying this Korean thing. And they lose Core JJ. I don't know why you would be trying the Korean. I think the whole reason that they tried the Korean thing was because it was supposed to be a language Core JJ was more comfortable shot calling in. Yes, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> so I don't know why help. you would keep doing this Korean thing if you don't have Core JJ. But if they do for whatever reason, Kim Down fills the fits the bill. Um, I also no, I, I, think... I think I think speaking Korean is also like, you know, if, if we are in this Doomer world, I, it's not even a Doomer world. But if we are in this world where the way of the future is 
really importing a lot of these young Korean players, having a player that is domestic that speaks Korean is going to become a more you know a a rarer asset because we anticipate some of the older Koreans to move out. Um, so there's going to be fewer of them, and I think that's going to make them go up in value. And I think that makes Kim down more valuable. And it, let's throw him in here. I think that also makes Winsome more valuable, um, yeah. who is also pretty high on my list of supports to be promoted because uh, he looked very good with his time subbing in for FlyQuest in first round Robin of Spring. Yeah. Um, I am obviously 100% confident on Zazel. Uh, I believe... I'm kind of with TDS, I guess. At the highest, I think two get promoted. Uh, I think the second should be Winsome. Uh, I think Winsome at this point would also be more inclined to taking uh, a slot from a, a, a lesser LCS. I got it. These are lesser LCS org. Uh, like Zazel's been to Worlds. Zazel's played with like the top orgs. It's not the same for Winsome. So if Flyquest say, "Hey, we're actually going to keep Vulcan. He's not going to go to you," uh, I could see Winsome ending up on you know an Immortals. So, somebody else or like Shopify. I mean, hey, hey guys, welcome to the league. Take a shot on Winsome. Hey, good cornerstone. I was also gonna make the joke with Shopify that well, maybe while every team was trying to go budget, Shopify just comes in and shops for the biggest players and just wins the the league outright because they bought the better players just in the first season while everyone was going budget out of nowhere. That'd be one hell of an approach. I don't think that would be a buy has that kind of money. <laughs> you know who would do that? You know who would do that? TDS if they got into the league. That's that's the Mr. Beast angle. If he gets uh, an true, LCS or I just spent fifty million dollars for the top players in the LCS, <laughs> and they still lost. We got nine. FlyQuest two point <laughs> Also, I was just going to make to make the point quick, and I hope this doesn't sound like. I'm in any way advocating or defending the this person. I just hate him so much because I think that he would have been such a nice addition in terms of skill. But he is the most idiotic person I think I've seen in any in any capacity related to LCS, League of Legends, and NACL. And it's joking. Like the guy, I just think he could be good, but legitimately, he his approach his to everything is just the biggest the biggest pile of crap I've ever seen. Like I wanted like I, I wanted to believe that he was going on a redemption arc with Wildcard trying to make his appearance go better. And he three weeks after that he just goes and does the stupidest shit ever. I, I just can't. I, I, I hate joking because I wanted to try and give him an opportunity. And he just threw it out of the window. Multiple times by the way in the last couple of months. Like it wasn't once. It was multiple. I just yeah. hey joking. That's it. Pop off, pop, pop off. off TDS. We don't uh, back you. We have the salt mine. Uh, while we do support Duo Kings play and think it was pretty good, uh, we do not support any Duo Kings actions and, and nope. disagree with it on many levels. Um, good hey Duo King. Yep. Uh, only other support I have on my list is not Duo King. Uh, Thank it, God. it is breezy. Um, I don't think it's likely. I think this is probably the least likely one I have on here. Um, I think he's good, though. I mean, I put him on my all-pro list in, in summer. Uh, I think he and Lynx were very quietly, like, a very good lane. Um, 
I don't know. I, I haven't rewatched enough old footage. I just don't have time in my life to watch like 2022 Academy games again. But uh, I don't know. It's made me look back on his time with Meech maybe a little bit differently. I, I wonder if I was short selling him short. Um, I don't know. I was impressed with Breezy and Summer. I think if you, I don't know, if, if the well dries up, if Zazel and Winsome and Kim Down all get promoted, or like if Zazel and Winsome get promoted and Kim Down doesn't get promoted by Team Liquid, because I don't think any other org is particularly interested, um, and you just need an NA support, then, yeah, I don't know, you don't want to give Poom another chance and Biofrost doesn't want to un unstreamerfy himself. Uh, and no one lane swaps. And no one lane swaps? Please, nobody lane swap. Then, then I don't know. Look at Breezy. That's a lot of conditions. But if all those conditions happen, I think Breezy's like next guy up. I just don't know. What about who, who lane swaps? Like JJ's, JJ's going to college. JJ's retiring. Oh. So it's like, you know, JJ's That's like, JJ's one. done. Yeah, I know. I'm sad about it too. But yeah, JJ's done trying to go pro. That's like, there's not a lot of names left, actually. I don't think anybody wants to give Smoothie another try. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Don Bray's there yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, we're running out of names here, guys. Yeah, Like I, I want to, I, I want to actually give a name for lane swapping, and I actually uh, hope he does because he's not going to. No, but he's not. He work. already tried. Like he tried so hard, and teams just keep on discarding him. And I think that he deserved an actual shot in the LCS, and maybe as a support he does. And I'm talking about Romeo, like. For the love of God, he was a great jungler, so and good. I think that he can translate those skills just for the support position. Just but get him please... in jungle and not bench him. At this point, it's not going to happen. We've already <laughs> had this conversation know, time and time again. He's doing. He did something in his previous life where he probably was hiding in a jungle, and that just cursed him forever. But this time around, just move support. You probably can translate most of the skills there. And you can do a better job because most supports in the league probably are going to not be as good as what people are expecting. So I think he could have a shot. And please, Armeo, consider it. I, I just want him to get an actual shot in the LCS. I think he deserves it. Yeah. I just think he should be an LCS juggler. I agree. I, I... Let's move on. You know what? Screw it. Screw it. We're going in whatever order we want. Let's go to jungle. Let's go to jungle. Let's okay. talk about Armeo a little Perfect. bit. I, I, like, uh, I, I don't even officially have Armeo on this list, but I mean, I, <laughs> like, that's all, like, Armeo should just be an LCS player at this point. Like, when is he, he's been, like, he was, I don't if know. you want, like, if you want to make the argument about seeing what you have with Shaden, even if you want to make the argument about thinking that Shaden is better, like, Armeo is still, like, a top half LCS jungler in summer. Like, he's, maybe he's not Blabber, but... I think he was better than Santorin, who is now retired. I think he was better than Kenvi. Yeah. I think he was better than Closer. I think he was better than Buki. He's better than Pioshik at points. Guys. I think he's like... better than Pioshik. <laughs> I, 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 I won't say at points. I will say completely. Like I, I won't. I, I think don't he was better want than to go for Pioshik for five series. Yeah, even yeah, Spika. Like, yeah, I think he was the top half LCS jungler. And I don't know. Not like, only LCS, give him, like give him a team. Pretty, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's all I have to say. Two challengers carried, and I, I will still stand by this. Like yes, sturdy and all that, but he kind of carried the AG roster to a certain degree yeah. by himself. He was way better than ninety percent of the junglers down in, in, in challengers. He wasn't better than Tomio, but. Well, it, Tomio shouldn't be in Academy in Challengers either at this point. It feels like he already should have had gotten an opportunity in the LCS. So 
if he's already if he's shitting on the lower level and he's shitting on most of his competition in the upper level as well what is he not getting the shot it's yeah, the main I, question i think eg was the breaking point i think it's like there's just no way that like dignitas or immortals or somebody doesn't give him a shot like, i'm just building my shopify roster in my head right now i've already got yeah, two of them. or like or yeah or a new org right like you're stepping in it's just like you know if you want to build around rookies, the TSM roster with our mayo well and, and, and that's the other thing again like i think veterancy is going to become a more rare commodity in a league that has historically been the oldest league in the world I think we're going to get a lot of retirements this year. True. If Armeo's not one of them, I think his stock goes up because he's played in a lot more metas. He's played a lot more years. Um, you know, maybe he hasn't won a title, but he's played in LCS finals. Even like it's not even. You know, it's it's. I don't think it's that far fetched to say that he's like a very valuable piece for that reason. Um, the other side of the Armeo coin is Shaden. Um. Will he continue to start? I think odds are decent. Um, That's the I only think, team he'll start for. Well, is Evil Genius is still in the league? Is question number one. If they are, um, I think I think they'll start Shaden. I think like they they have to. This has to be like this is like the Kim Down situation, but even more so. Like they they have to like him in house because yeah. I don't think he's especially. I don't think he especially looked well, better than Armeo on stage. But they're they kept keeping Kelsey, him in. right? What? I, they're keeping Kelsey, right? As their like top. They haven't said that they're le- losing her, but they also like if they sell their like League of Legends vertical, who knows? Yeah. Um, but like, I'm pretty sure Kelsey's one of the biggest advocates for Shaden. So yeah, far, I so. agree, and she's like their head of coaching. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, it, yeah, whether it's whether it's Kelsey, whether it's I think Artemis is still there, isn't he? Whoever it is, maybe he just left. I don't know. But um, I think he went back to Colleg. I think he went to Collegiate. Uh, that's um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's now coaching uh, Winthrop. But wh- whatever. No. Uh, my point being that whoever it is, they they like him in house uh, over at Evil Geniuses. Um, yeah, you're right. Artemis did go to Winthrop. Um, but yeah, I, I think they like they like him at Evil Geniuses. I would expect if they're still in the league that they're starting Shaden. Yeah, that's that's the only way I see him in the LCS. Um, to kind of, I to move, I kind of want to move away from the frustrations of the Armeo Shaden debate because cool. we've had it a lot. And look at the list; we have a lot of junglers to talk about. Um, sure. I, I feel like the Keel and Perry conversation is very intriguing to me. Agree. Um, because they fall into that like. Kind of like prodigy tier, right? Uh, I think Perry especially does. Perry's very young. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm torn uh, because I think Keel. It was talked about a lot of interviews with that wild card team that you know wasn't really with a, a, a big kind of veteran presence, especially with you know how weird the, the split started with support. I, 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 it sounded like Keel came in and was as the leader a lot of that time for wildcard. Uh, and I think he's shown kind of like veteran poise you expect from a jungler, right? Like with shot callers, like you're usually going to get a support or a jungler that's usually filling that role. Uh, so in my mind, I would like Keel. I think Keel 
uh, along with another jungler I'll let be brought up later, should deserve promotions. Um, but I understand that Perry is... He's kind of like the... He's not only like the flashier prodigal, prod, prodigal play, but he's also kind of just like... If you take the social media angle... Uh, I, I've tuned in a lot. Perry loves to just... Uh, he streams a lot. He's making a personality out of himself. And that also does YouTube. garner... Yeah, also YouTube. And that does garner... And coaching, I believe. You know, like yeah. more attention. You know, the brand side of things. So yeah. Perry's done a really good job in the offseason. And honestly, while he was playing for Cincinnati Fear, doing this. So I, I, I'd like to believe he gets a shot. My problem with Jungle as a whole right now is there are so many names... And it was such a saturated part of the NACL last season that we, there's a lot of guys we want to go up. Agree. There's just not enough spots for him. Agree. There isn't going to be. Agree. Um, yep. Yeah, the keel kit parry conversation is interesting to me. I do think I, I, I'm pretty much in lockstep with you, Slayer. I think keel feels more complete. Um, I like the shot calling, like you said. Uh, I think he is really a leader on wildcard and i think that's the kind of stuff you want to bring into the lcs um if i were building a team i would pick keel over perry um i do think the age thing benefits perry a lot though the fact that he is uh what is he 19 yeah he's 19 um yeah born in 04 um jesus which i think yeah that, that's, that's 19 yeah, that's nineteen now. It's twenty twenty three, baby. <laughs> We're back in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's 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 sick for him. Um. Yeah, I I I won't be. Yeah, I, you'll never hear me complain if Perry gets uh gets the nod. I think he's great. Um, I I do think he was he was on a higher like he was his trajectory was was at a was steeper in uh spring. I think he looked a lot better in spring. I think in summer he kind of, you know, he looked a little less, you know, he was more just kind of spamming Sejuani Maokai in spring in summer. Um, but I, I still think he was very good. And uh, I would be very happy to see him up there. Um, another pair of players that I kind of want to group together are Mir and Yuji, uh, in that these yeah. are both players who are very good and we're on lcs affiliate orgs uh, but they are imports um so the question is does that hurt their chances does that help their chances because this is north america uh i don't really know um like in theory it should hurt their chances because you're competing against the entirety of the korea structure and well, you know every every player in the erls every player in the lckcl Every player in the LCK AL, it like it's like you're you're competing against so many people, um, but I don't know. Orgs love imports, so Mir has it better though. Like he he has the same advantage as Kim Down, and it's that they are both in the teal in the teal system. Yeah. So it's easier to just go up because, and I. Once again, I I was one of his biggest critics. I'm going to say one of his biggest critics, and I still argue why they brought him here because five series is not going to change my mind. Pioshek shouldn't stay in the next year. Like I I don't believe there's anything to justify Pioshek staying another year in the LCS because yes, he had five great series, but five great series don't define a year of burning in the trash can. So hopefully they try and go for Mir, and that's in, in that uh, 
in that area. And then I want to make the argument for in favor of Yuji, even above most of the other junglers, because we're talking about the import potential here. But I think Yuji has one of the biggest upsides of any jungler in the NACL. Agree. Like not only was he coming in fresh to the NACL this year, he Last had year, one of yeah. the better teams, yes, on their side. But like, I feel like his improvement curve kept on getting better and better. Like, he, he, talking about maybe putting him once again in the category of Perry and Kiel, Perry's was, like you were mentioning, much higher initially and then kind of went weird, which I still support Perry, but I think that his was a bit weirder. And Kiel was consistent, but I think that it started lower. You just has felt like it was consistently going upward in a straight line, in a consistent diagonal line. And in a lot of the situations where maybe FlyQuest needed to make the right plays, like he was always there making the right plays for FlyQuest. So I think that overall, as a player, it feels like if you invest in Yuji, he's going to become the play, the, the kind of player that you want to have in your team. Like he could become a, a blabber in a sense, if you're looking at it to try and put comparisons there. Because I think that his improvement is really, really good. But also the fact that he is consistently good to try and play for the right parts of the map. Like, I think he's a smart and he's consistently improving. So overall, I would bet more on Yuji in that sense. But I can see why probably Mir has a better shot at getting a, a, a chance in the LCS just because he's in the TL system. And I'm not sure if FlyQuest wants to have Yuji having a Spica, if he's going to stay. And then other teams that could look for Yuji that are not going to be the top, but are kind of interesting. Maybe Golden Guardians if River goes away could be the the one I would chat out. Potentially, yeah. I so I think I at have... least Yuji Yuji's uh, Emiya now that with the the region changes okay. Mongolia uh, now counts as part of uh, the A in Emiya I believe. Um, the A. <laughs> um. So uh, if nothing else, he can go to ERLs. But I agree. I like Yuji a lot. Yeah, I have a few things for TDS here that will hopefully round us out on the jungle segments because I need to pass out, guys. Um, so first and I foremost, more, I've been wanting to introduce this theory for a while. I firmly stand behind it. I think that Piosic is going to do everything in his power to stay in the LCS because I think that the angle no. that you take as former world champion is you spend like two, three years playing LCS Bouncing around orgs even, um, but I really don't think that there's a shot that he'll bounce around. I actually think he's going to be one of the people that stays on TL. And you learn English, and then you become a streamer here, and you retire. That's the angle. Piosic has a great well, personality. the rush angle, but, okay. But he's already yeah, no. a streamer in Korea. Why can't he just go back to his Korean streaming career? He wants more money, obviously. <laughs> and you might as well take the opportunity to like at least learn English while you're here. I think that like he has the ability to like gain a large audience. And I think that he's, really he's fun, engendered yeah, himself to... Yeah, he's engendered himself to a lot of people through this world's run as well, where I think he was definitively the best player on TL for these few scant series we saw him in, honestly. Um... But beyond that, I also do want to quickly mention that I think that Yuji finds himself in an interesting position as a import where I also don't think that he has a lot of bargaining power for a really big contract, nor do I think that he wants it. I think he will play for whatever offer comes his way, and I think that it's perfectly justifiable for him to take up an import slot, especially on a team that is really looking to lower their overall uh, operating costs. Yeah. Just because the comparative is either he plays in ERLs like Gordo was talking about, and 
beyond that, what, what does he do? It isn't like he can forge a path in his home country. You're playing at like 200 ping when, when you're in Mongolia and like a PC bong, right? It's a very difficult uh, place to really get yeah. esports set up and running. And I have no it's doubt he can get on yeah. to an ERL team, right? Like he's, yeah, this has been a path, like this is a path that people well, have taken. That's also the argument that I think maybe we haven't looked into for some of these potential players, prospects that are going to come here. And it's the fact that comparatively speaking, and it's also an argument that I made in favor of LATAM when it was looking like maybe any players weren't getting any any chances. And it's that comparatively speaking, you get a much, much, much better chance at going to Worlds in an easier, in an easier region. And any is that, technically speaking, like, yes, you probably are going to be playing against much weaker competition and you're going to go away from your home country but you're an up-and-coming ad carry that wants to go to worlds but the competition in your country is uh let's say for example jackie love light yeah. uh ruler why the fuck would i stay there if i know i'm not going to win against them like my competition is going to destroy me and i have a better shot at it in na so that could also be an angle that maybe entices a couple of prospects that think that they can try and go to worlds showcase themselves and then go to better teams i'm just interested to see narco really believes that a lot of these uh, vets are going to stay uh I do. We'll I, I don't see any reason to leave. I can go as back and flex on us a, for sure. As well, long as you're playing money, at like yeah. maintenance level, you're you're fine. Just just write out the contracts, write out the paychecks. Well, okay. Here's the thing about writing out the contracts. All these players you think are gonna stay, their contracts are up in a month. So I'm just PO six the contract is up in a month. Uh Core JJ right. signed oh. a one year deal. Um so I like the idea of Biosik because I think he's a personality becoming a streamer in NA. But Narco, he could just pull the tenacity and just become a TL streamer. Uh, That's true. Content streamer. Yeah. So uh, I, I personally think Mir is the most easy decision Steve should make this offseason. He should be starting for the, in the jungler, jungle as well. Uh, that, that's just my uh, two cents. I mean, we're talking about the, this guy was also the most valuable prospect. It, it's just we don't talk about it as much because it was spring. And because he you know, broke our streak. Yeah. He did break our we streak. We were every every MVP had been promoted to the next split until yeah until he was also with APA. So technically speaking, it was more so an APA. Yeah, I don't than know. It was it was okay. we were what were we writing? We yeah. were writing Dokla into Buzio, <laughs> and now Masu will put us back on track. Kind of. Technically, we'll get on track if we if we get both of them promoted. True, true, true. This time true, around, true. I'll actually, take that. So. Um, I'll take it. So, what hasn't been discussed is Tomio. Um. It's interesting to me, and I think it should, for those of you who, who maybe only watch LCS, maybe only watch NACL Finals, um, that may come as a surprise. I just, like, like, Tomio had a great final, and he won with DSG, of course. Um, and, like, I, I, I wouldn't hate the, in, in a world with no imports, I think Tomio would deserve a shot. I just think he hasn't, he wasn't really that crazy standout guy, I think, this year. I, I think, like, I would rate him below, like, a Shade and a Keel, a Perry. Um, and I also think, like, I, I think part of that, and if I could give any career advice to Tomio, um, which, you know, obviously he should completely disregard any career advice coming from me, but if he's not, I would say just force yourself some kindred games some belveth games some nidalee games whatever's in the meta next year uh just because i think that 
again, I'm talking about what I think will happen, not what I think should happen. I just think orgs are going to look at him and his champion pool and think, why would I start Tomio when I can start Armeo? Um, because I think, you know, if you look at his champs played this year, right? And I think he, he played less, less Kindred, less Viego, less, you know, name your carry uh, than anybody else, than any of the other junglers on this list less than Shane less than Keel less than Perry less than UG even less than Perry by the way and I've already listed that my complaint with Perry this split was that he was kind of just one tricking Sejuani and Maokai you think Perry was one tricking Sejuani and Maokai you should look at Tomio's match history um yeah and uh, like I I that's just the weakness to me and I I don't even think it's particularly his fault I think that's probably how he felt DSG could most effectively win um but I I think it's gonna hurt his stock um maybe I'm wrong but uh, actually, that's my thinking. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm with Gordo here because I feel like Tomio, sadly, is one step away from taking the Armeo path. Yeah. And that one step away is taking is having the actual chance in the LCS, which he hasn't really gotten. But it feels like with how everything is setting up, like once he goes into the LCS, LCS like it just feels like maybe he's just going to fall down that spiral of being dropped, going back to Academy, destroying everyone and then going back and things like that and i hope that's not the case for tomio because i think that he has been way too long forced into the into the uh, nacl slash academy ecosystem and he needs that one actual shot in the lcs but he has to make it to actually be showcasing himself in that like he has to make a big big impact at the very least for the first three weeks so that he's not going to get dropped yeah. And then that way he can stay there. Because if not, it may be Armeo 2.0 and even worse. Yeah. Because he never goes out. Like, the crazy thing, of it, I feel like Tomio's already on the right side of the bell curve that, like, every jungler throughout history takes in their career, right? Like, every jungler comes in, and they're the mechanics guy, and they're the carry yep. jungler. And then over the years, they become the tank player the like the strategic jungler the leader like it's happened like blabber went from solo carrying games on olaf to now he locks sejuani in game three versus Fnatic. yanko started his go. career as the first blood king and now it's a meme that he can't hit nidalee spears like it's it's <laughs> that's every jungler every jungler goes Bika. through this path Doesn't in their like career uh and <laughs> i feel like starting on the right side like the, the right side starting on the end point of that trajectory uh, just reduces your stock, uh, if not in my eyes, in the organization's eyes. That's that's my like vibe, what? at least. Yeah, and the problem with that is that you have to be, for that to work out, you have to be someone like Tarzan, which was so smart. Uh, and I'm well, talking and about Tarzan, the LCK jungler. Too. Tarzan's got both. No, but he, he's one of the, uh, yes, but he's a start into the LCK. He was known in this, as the cerebral jungler. Yes, like, I remember I when Griffin was the thing. He was, and I, I think I remember seeing it, he was kind of the hair to score. And it wasn't because of mechanical. He was because he was such a That's smart fair. jungler that he just outpays and outread everyone. And I think that if you want to do something like that, like, you have to be that level of smart as yeah. a jungler. I think score was kind of like that, too. Destroy yeah. everyone. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 really difficult for that approach for Tomio. I hope that he gets opportunities that that he deserves. But the, starting on that other side of the curve at this point in your career, maybe too late. And I hope that's not the case for Tomio. But maybe that's, too late. That's why I say like I don't think it's too late. But I think like if you don't get his, if he doesn't get his if he doesn't get the LCS nod this year, 
I think in spring, you've got to just be like, give me Viego, yeah. give me Kindred, give me The Rock. I'm going to carry the game for your own career's sake. Like, even if even yeah, if that maybe is Yeah, agree. like, even if that doesn't give you the highest NACL win rate, it, I think that's just what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I also, I think he's capable of it. I just don't think it's the style that he's preferred. And I don't think it's his default. And, and the thing is, once you're, once you're in the LCS, then it can be your default as long as you're winning. Yeah, but it works. Out, <laughs> but you, you just you have you to, need get to be there. there. You have to like, you have to show the spark. I think. Yeah. Uh, last jungle name, uh, just really quick, uh, is uh, is Xu actually. Uh, Santorin just retired. Dignitas signed Xu as a substitute. Um, from what I can tell, he was pretty involved. I was actually really surprised because like they never made a big announcement about signing Xu as a sub. It just kind of quietly snuck into the contract database one day. He was um, there. Yeah, I, I, and I didn't even notice it. Like I, I it, like, I think a lot of it just kind of slipped under the radar. And then I remember watching Dignitas stepping outside of the studio to like chat in between their playoff matches, and Xu standing there with the rest of the team, like Actually, helping. Actually, I think we talked about it once in an in a in a South Main pod. I, I just remember. I, I just remember when I saw him there. I just remember when I saw him there in playoffs. Yeah, I just screenshot it. I put it in our Salt Main channel. I'm like, guys, I found Xu. <laughs> I found where he is. Yeah, he's, I he's chilling with Dignitas. Um, yeah, so I mean, he's he's clearly been working with Dignitas behind the scenes. Um, so like they they like him as they should because he was one of the best junglers in the league in spring. Um, and now their jungler's retired. So I mean, I I actually my odds on Xu getting promoted are actually pretty high. I think he's he's yep, even played a couple LCS games before. While uh, Dignitas had uh, when Dignitas traded away River uh, at the end of 2022, um, when they traded mistake ever. yeah when they traded away River to Golden Guardians, they were starting Xu the rest of that split. He was solid, like he's fine. I think it's uh, I think it's time. I think they just give him. I think they give him the nod. Just something that, I mean, not going to be a money issue. You know him well. This is one of the in-houses that makes a lot of sense to me. That's mm-hmm. that's all I, got, I really got to say. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about mid lane. Um, mid lane is Wait, also really kind of top for last. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's top last. That's weird, actually. But well, yeah. Because mid is, I feel like mid is one of the most, one of the more obvious ones. I don't think there needs to be yeah. too much Well, so to get them out of the way at the start, because I don't think we need to waste time on this, APA and Insanity, Um, they should be starting next year. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. The the APA bullshit, like the, the, the APA controversy. Sorry, you can't see my air quotes, but controversy. You got to go real mm-hmm. close. Yeah. Um, that TDS brought up is, is stupid. I, and I, I think it, it almost doesn't even bear saying because I think it's swung in the opposite direction now through a lot of the community. Um, but yeah, the, the APA controversy is stupid. Yes, there's holes in his game. He's played literally like a quarter of the season. Like, you compare him to somebody like... it's like You compare APA getting slammed to like Oscar Inan getting slammed by Fudge. And it's like, it's like that Gordon Ramsay meme of him like him talking to like the adult hell's kitchen contestants versus him talking to the children on the children's show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the APA is like, you're a, you're a fucking donkey and you come from a region of donkeys, which will never produce anything but donkeys. Like they take it a step further. Uh, and then, yeah, the, Oscar and gets handled with kids gloves when he fucks up. Cause he had that one cool play where he hit a plant and didn't die on Poppy when he got caught. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's yeah, again, it's it's dumb. Any any rookies get treated overly harshly. Um 
APA played a quarter of the season, uh, less than half of a split. He's yeah, he he should be getting the nod next split. Um, Insanity was like a, a borderline All Pro contestant. He should also be starting next split. Um, yeah. yeah, I would be very shocked if uh, if they aren't here next split. Yeah, like, I mean, pretty much speed run his way to worlds. So there's yeah. barely any questioning. Like he did in two months what took someone like rookie I think four years to get to worlds or three years to get to worlds actually mm-hmm. uh, or actually two years yeah because 2014 and 2015 two years to get to worlds and AP did in two months not comparing players but he pretty much salvaged the once again to use another uh, similar phrase dumpster fire that team Laker was so I'm not going to say any more about that apart from the fact that I'm biased as well so who cares? who the hell cares and then just quickly, uh, Insanity, I'm, I think, like, we shouldn't worry much about Insanity because I think he's going to stay with the Shopify roster now. Like, he, um, if I'm Shopify, the smartest decision is take Insanity and then you build the roster around him. Because yep. he was one of the main things about that TSM roster that was great, 100%. Yeah, that's yep. that's what I do, and I would encourage that. The only re- Like, I think the, the only thing that makes it, like, not mega likely is that his contract expires on October 31st. He was only signed to a several month deal. So they, they'll need to renegotiate with him um, and or extend him. I think they should. Um, it's just worth calling out, right? That it's, it's not like he was on like a three year deal that got acquired by Shopify. He, his contract expires in four days at time of recording. Maybe it's seen an insanity it's actually. True. <laughs> Could be. It is also worth mentioning, uh, first off, TDS stole the words out of my mouth about Insanity. He was now the third piece that's been pl- plugged into my Shopify roster in my head as I play GM. Secondly, it's important to mention when it comes to the LCS and contracts, especially for people that watch this and have a sports background, uh, 75% of the contracts in the LCS right now were one-year deals. So that's just kind of how the league has been since all the, the well, sports like bubble multi, popping. Multi-year deals also don't mean anything. Like they'll just release. Yeah, you. they also don't. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's nothing guaranteed. So I just I know a lot of people use the GCD as like a tool when the offseason comes around, and I want to prep prep everybody that you're going to find a lot of names that are going to be like these expired. But it, it, it that's such that happens a lot of the offseason. Um Yeah, I think it's Andy should be. Starting, Sandy APA should be the cornerstone mid laners along with JoJo for the future of NA talent in the mid lane because the mid lane is also arguably the most flashy lane that everybody pays attention to uh, when it comes to just roles. Yeah, so not much to talk about there. Um, I Mid lane for me is pretty simple. Uh, as much as I like one of the names we have on here to get promoted, I don't think there's a spot for him. I think the last one would go to Young. Uh, I, I think Young... I mean, he... He falls in that category, right? Like we've we've seen we've seen him at this level. He performs Two super games. well. Two games, baby. Two games. It counts, baby. Uh, we've seen games? him perform at two games. Two, two games. or three. It was spring. It Handful. was spring, so it wasn't uh, the three. Oh right. Yeah. Two games. Right. But obviously, he's also coming off of you know winning an ACL. There's no reason he shouldn't be on a roster. I think mid lane is is the is the clear cut one for this conversation. I think APA and Sandy are basically locked, and I hope the Young gets promoted. I didn't show Chi to that list. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's the prodigy guy in this. In this, uh, I love. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing. I think he, the funny thing is Young is younger, right? I'm pretty sure he is. Um, <laughs> young is younger. Yeah, he yeah. Shochi's 21. I think Young is 18, 19. Um, 
So Young actually, I think Young actually has the age edge there. It's kind of like a keel. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Very. Actually, Young's age is not on the wiki, but I'm pretty sure he is. It's January 16. It's all it says. <laughs> That's funny. Funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, but... So who knows? Um, I'm pretty sure Young yeah. is younger. Um, regardless, it shouldn't matter, but it does. Um, so I think it's back to the, it's kind of the Keel Perry conversation. I think Shochi has kind of the leadership aspect more down. Um, I think he is a big voice on that Cincinnati fear team. Uh, I think he's individually very good in lane. I think he's got a deep champion pool. I think he's the more complete of the two. Uh, I think young leans really heavily on his melees and his assassins. Um, I think his mage play needs some work, uh, but He's younger. I think he's got the higher upside. Uh, and he has, like, he also has that kind of vote of confidence, right? He got the same offer that Array did. Uh, for yeah. those who don't know, uh, Young was given the same offer as Array to be a substitute on Golden Guardians. He chose that he wanted to play instead. Um, you know, whether, uh, again, it's like, it's unclear to me whether that was financially slash career a wise decision or not uh you know there's probably no firm answer one way or the other but uh you would think that winning nacl means it was the wise decision but who's to say um but i still think yeah i, I think both are great i would like to see them both given a shot um you know maybe four na mids getting promoted you know including apa and insanity is too much to ask for but i would love to see it yeah, and I want to take you up on that because I, to me, we're talking about the biggest prospects. Those were the two I was going to boost up the most. Like, I think over anyone else, like even above Masu and all the hype that he was creating, I think Young and Shochi are the two biggest prospects that I want to see in the in the LCS next year. And I think they have a spot in the, in the LCS because just looking at the current rosters that blew up and have space, right? And we don't know how, if they're going to come back or not, but just looking at some of the rosters that will look like they have space. FlyQuest ha uh, lost Bigla. Eminence probably is not returning. Uh, Quid is a question mark because we don't know how much it costs, but probably is not going to be the biggest change if it goes. Jensen seems like he's going to go away. Then you have Energy that is not going to change mid laners, but Bolulu may look back to going to EU if he thinks that, that NA is not going to be worth his time. And then you have... Uh, Shopify that probably goes with Insanity, but Shopify is still an option. And the last one is Golden Guardians. That I think Gory is not going to stay, especially since he probably is, uh, Golden Guardians probably don't want to buy the tickets for them to come back after what happened in Korea. So uh, there's seven spots that I can see them actually being open for a lot of players, maybe some return. But in seven spots, there's no shot that both Young and Shochi don't get a spot. Like, if that happens, it's just the big one of the biggest disasters in, in LCS organic management, like I think I can remember. Those two players, and I'm going to throw in Spyrex there because I think that he probably deserves another shot. And with those open spots, he probably can do it. But those are the two that I think should get the opportunity 100%. Especially with whom they're probably going to replace. I wish I had that faith, um, but I would I'm like it. I would like to see both. Yeah. I th I think they both deserve it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think realize... I think just NA mid is such a maligned role, and I 
Yeah, I think those that are willing to take risks on NA mid are going to be looking for like the insanity of the world. Maybe maybe get a young in there. I I the the I think insanity and young kind of take up two spots, and I just I struggle to believe that there will be a third team willing to take a risk on a new North American mid, assuming that like APA. If you spot look is at locked. Worlds Gordo. They're the, the best, the, man. The only They're remaining the mid laner is NA. I know. So, technically speaking, it's he's better than the two Koreans that we Should sent. Be. Yeah, I mean, we're, are we in the era? Of... One didn't even reach Worlds, actually. Exactly. We're going to be in the era of like the best mids in LCS coming into 2024 are going to be Palafox and JoJo Pune. Yeah, and potentially APA. Yeah, sure. and insanity. It, it, it's I'm trying to tell you guys, it's the it's the renaissance of American mid laners in the LCS. It hasn't been like that since. Goddamn Reginald was well. That was actually pre LCS, so like around that time, like yeah. we haven't, we haven't had thirteen spring like, maybe. Yeah, we haven't had actual Americans headlining the mid lane pool in forever because Bjergsen came in so early, and then Bjergsen was yeah. the best forever. Yeah, like, and then you know there was Jensen at points. There's Pobelter and like we had, Pobelter. there was Man Cloud for a little bit, and like there was that one yeah. year where people thought Demonte um, could do it. Cloud. Yeah, but now this is truly this is at least we have that bright spot. This that, is like American new, mid laners. This is the new are era. Finally, gonna be on the pedestal. Yeah. All right, let's get to top lane and close this out. Uh, speaking of new Less eras, least. speaking of new eras, Sniper is already rumored to be starting for Hundred Thieves. He is the prodigy of all prodigies. He's been on this path since he was thirteen years old. Um. Yeah. Think you could have made the call when he was 13 years old that it's like, uh, yeah, give it, give it four years, he'll be there. Uh, four years later, here he is. Um, I do. I, I want to hear your guys' takes first, and then I'll then I'll talk about sniper. Uh, so he is the prodigy of prodigies. I fear that hundred thieves are going to screw this up again. Um, now. Tenacity did not have the champ pool. Does not have the champ pool that Sniper does. Uh, I think Sniper. If we look at when they were raw prospects, Sniper is a higher pedestal. However, you you cannot pull the leash. Pull the what's the the like old timey like the hook. You can't give him the hook on the stage too early. All right. Listen, things are going to be wacky next year. He might get he might get bodied by Fudge one game. All right. It's going to happen. Like he. There are going to be top laters that are going to give him his welcome to the league check. For the love of God, Nade Shot, do not pull him out of the starting lineup. Do not bench him. Do none of this. Like you need to give him the full split, at least spring, to just like play in the LCS and develop. And then after a split, if he's shaky, do whatever you want. But you cannot treat him the same way we watched Tenacity, like go around this hundred thief top lane. That's my take. Well, wasn't the one that picked him up? Papa Smithy as well. Yeah. I, I think the one that yeah. brought him up into the 100 Thieves system was Papa Smithy. So I think 100 Thieves is taking him because he is the prospect. But I feel like if it was under Papa Smithy, he probably would have gotten way more time and leeway. Like I feel like he would have been managed way better because that was his like decision to, to bring him up. So hopefully, like I'm following Slayer there. I Think about what happened to Tenacity. I think about what was happening with the 100 Thieves roster. There was no shot that that could be salvaged by Tenacity. So I just hope there's no similar situation with with Sniper. And even if it happens, I hope, and this is a hope, 
I hope that there's no like miss attention put into into sniper like he has to get the time and i'm glad they are throwing him into the fire because i feel like he should but he also needs time yeah if he not doesn't just break the 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 toppling pool immediately but if that's not the case give him time it probably is going to deliver with enough time yeah so that i love that you bring up the papa smithy point tds because i think that's kind of my worry right um and, you know, maybe this is reading a lot into things as somebody who, you know, I, I get leaks about NACL teams, guys. I don't I don't know LCS shit. People don't tell me that kind of stuff. All right. I'm not I'm not that connected. Um, but just looking looking at the series of events from the outside, I think it's very easy for me to, like, kind of put this together in my head and, like, form a narrative for myself. Um, Jungle Juice has been he's the GM. He's been with the org for forever. He was with the org while Papa Smith. He was there. Uh, and this isn't just Jungle Juice either. I'm sure there's a million people on the staff that this is the case for. Um, Papa Smithy was with the org for a few years. He was with the org for its best years. He was with the org when they won their title, when they went to three finals in a row, when they went to Worlds. They they barely, if ever, accomplished those things under a lot of these same staffers prior to Papa Smithy. He gave them their most success they've ever had. He's a smart guy. I'm sure there's a lot of respect for him in that in that building. Um, he didn't leave on bad terms. I, I think it's, again, looking from the outside, I think it's pretty clear what they told Papa Smithy. I think Papa Smithy came to them and said, I want to, I want more money to make my team better. Uh, and I think hundred thieves came to the table and said, we want to spend less money, even if that makes the team worse. And I think the, you know, you, those two things are unre- irreconcilable. I think if you're Papa Smithy, you know, even not knowing 100% that you'd get that FlyQuest job, I think you would rather go and build something new than make consolations on the thing that you already built and watch it slowly get worse. I, I think that's an easy decision for anybody to make. I think that's, that's my headcanon for what happened, I, and I don't think it's that controversial to say that. Um, so you're like Jungle Juice, and you're the rest of the 100 Thieves staff, and you have all this respect for Papa Smithy, but he's not here anymore. And you have this guy that's like his project, right? And it's like, what are you going to do but start him, right? Like ownership like got rid of your challengers team, but it's like you still have this guy that Papa Smithy believed in that's supposed to be, you know, that everybody in the region is telling you like is is this generational prospect is is at least Jojo Pune, if not better. Um, you know, what do you, what do you do but start him when he turns 17? So I think, like, I'm not even saying that he was bad in spring. I don't think he was. Um, but it's like, even taking my own opinion of the player out of it, like, I'm not saying that I don't think he's good enough, but how bad would he have to be to derail him from this track that he's been on for four years, right? Like, just ask yourself that question, right? Like, how much would have to go wrong for you to not start him at 17? The answer is, like, a lot to me. So it's, like, I don't know. I'm, like, like lowering my expectations, right? Um, I think he looks solid in spring, but I think he'll need time. And I think, like... He has been hyped as this generational prospect for so long that he would have to be a lot less 
to derail him from this track that he's on. And we also need to remember that in that spring where he looked okay, he got sopped off because of personal stuff. That he had like he health issues. Didn't... Yeah, yeah we, he had health issues that we didn't get much info into, if I'm not wrong. Like there wasn't a clear like message saying what exactly was going on with him. Is that going to persist? Is that another question? That's another question we don't know. Like, is that going to affect him long run? Is that something going to affect him mentally? Because that's another worry you have to you have to think about. So you have to manage this prospect in an even uh, in a more careful manner because a prospect is it's like glass, right? Like you have to put it in the right place. You have to manage it out because it can look great. But if you just missed it once, it can break completely. And especially, and this happens also in football, I get to do my metaphors, let's go. If you have a prospect that ends up... <laughs> if you get a prospect that ends up hurting himself at any point in his development stage or in the, in the point where he's getting towards professional play, if you mismanage that, that prospect gets completely destroyed. And it has happened time and time again in the world of football. Like one of the most recent examples is Ansu Fati on Barcelona, where he was a prospect, he broke himself, broke himself once again, broke himself again, and then now he's trying to recover form. But it's not the same as it was before. So you have to be way, way, way too careful with this, especially now that he was, uh, got a bit hurt in the, in the spring of this year. I don't think to answer Gordo's earlier point, that there is a floor that Sniper could, could potentially hit that would knock him out of starting spot right. on 100 Ds, yeah. who desperately are looking for the next flagship. Because I think most of the team's getting blown up. Who's who's left? Maybe they keep double lifts corpse around for like another split or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I, I don't think that this is a highlight-making uh, lane anymore. We got to look elsewhere. And to build off of what TDS is saying, the only floor that I can imagine being hit is one that Sniper has set for himself. And I can imagine that there's a world where if a prospect is not treated well, if a prospect doesn't get the support necessary as a developing talent and as a person, you know, a 17-year-old person, um, they might find themselves wanting to take a step back, wanting to reorient their relationship with League of Legends and yeah. competitive play. That could be ultimately what leads to Sniper not being a disappointment, but not living up to the immensely high standards put upon him as a person. But simultaneously, Sniper's lived in the public eye for how many years now being ramped up as this talent. I think that he, to a degree, has learned to live with that. And I have faith that he'll do great things this next split. Yeah, that's I, I mean, that's our, I, I, I hope for the best for him. Um, the only other thing I'd say on Sniper is that, uh, and, I, and I've tweeted this previously and posted it, and I, I raised this opinion everywhere uh, when the, the leaks started coming out. Um, what I would want to consider for Sniper is any success that he has will rightfully be attributed to his own skill, but also it should be kept in mind that he is the product of like the most comprehensive development system for prospects that has ever been attempted in North America. And that that development system has been dismantled prior to him even debuting like hundred thieves next raised this kid from the second he was amateur eligible at 15. He has been on this firm track from like 15 year old playing amateur in an LCS product project 
16 years old, playing challengers in that same LCS project, now 17 years old, starting LCS, same LCS project. Like, he has been taken the full route in a way that nobody really ever has. Like, Johnson, I guess, was close, but Johnson didn't really get the starts on Academy, and then he switched orgs when he debuted to Dignitas. So, uh, not really fair to him. Um, yeah, uh, it, or to, was it to fly? It was to fly quest first. Either way, it was not yeah. a great org at the time. Um, maybe Blabber is the closest. Yeah, Blabber is, I guess, the closest, but yeah, and even Blabber, it's like, there was no amateur at the time. Like Blabber was already, yeah. I think he was 17 starting in Academy, 18 starting LCS, which is like still plenty young, but yeah, the, the point is right. It's not like there's been very few projects that take players from this young. To, to become LCS players. And I'm very curious to see how it plays out. And if it's a great success, you know, maybe we should look back into those developmental programs, guys. Maybe we shouldn't have killed our NACL teams and our amateur teams. Well, I have hope because Papa Smithy still has his academy team and he hasn't said anything. True, so true. maybe there we can keep the hope up. Maybe. I, maybe. I do want to I do want to switch to the other side of the coin because as much as I think Sniper is a prospect that needs to be discussed. Uh, there is a lot of top laners we're talking let's about. Let's get some other top laners on here, yeah. yeah I sniper. think Sniper deserved so, his big spiel, but yeah, let's talk about the others. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I want to go to the other side of the coin, which is two top laners uh, that are older, uh, which is hindering them. I'm going to group them together with age, uh, even though they're kind of in different situations. I think of Philip and Quacker uh, in, in similar vein, personally. Uh, mostly, I, I am higher on Quacker, Obviously, me and Gordo have not shut up, not only here, but uh, on broadcasts and leagues that he's now in, about Quack, how high we are on Quacker, putting putting him on third team. Uh, the thing that holds him back is age. I don't know if he'll get a shot on an LCS org. I think he'll be on one of those top um, top NACL orgs, whichever one. It, hopefully, if we have an lcs back team, he should be the first line candidate to be put up there if he can't make it in an LCS spot. Philip is an interesting discussion because if we're going back to the mass exodus of veterans, import players that are contracts are coming up, which now we can have a discussion with Summit. Summit's contract is up after this year. How do we feel about Philip stepping in into into the top lane for TL? I mean, how how many of these TL players do you think that have that have been held up highly? Because I, I feel like Philip is Philip not in a similar lends to us as a Kim down? Yes, but I think that TL, like, and this is a point that I can make for any player in TL. TL has a top laner that they can break up in the form of Bradley. So I don't think oh, that they're yeah, going Bradley. to I switched Bradley and Philip in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that makes more sense now. Yeah, Bradley. So that, that makes more sense yeah, now. I think both are, like, in the consideration, right? Um, I, I mean, I think all... Well, Philip had a much better summer than I was expecting from me. Like, I, I was a bit down on Fear, and Philip was actually, re especially playoffs, I think the playoffs part of Fear, where they were together, right, that was a, a really good shining moment for a couple of these players, and particularly Philip really shined through. So I can see him going back into the LCS, like, uh, experiences there, he knows uh, Kind of the atmosphere and environment so he can go back up there and looking back into it four spots open because of korean players more than likely not coming back which are summit impact rich and someday 
more than likely I'm, I'm saying this not necessarily because of salaries once again they're old so they probably are going to try and look for either their military service retirement or another place that will buy them i'm talking this for rich because latin america exists and we like to take bad top laners that don't perform in another region so th there's an open spot there always for him and then looking at other other top laners that maybe are not going to come back uh hunter and Zolo are two that stick up immediately to me that opens up a spot quite well for philip in, in reality and i think there's a couple of teams here that philip is a really safe option can be consistent and then you can build on him maybe not for the roster but have a solid uh starting top laner for now and then if you find another prospect in the future look for a replacement with philip that that can be a really nice approach and then bradley has deal so that works out for him yeah i think bradley's stocks have lowered this year compared to 2022 but i would not hate him getting an opportunity either um yeah. i agree with quacker like i think that's the thing like in a in a just world quacker would be in this like prodigy tier because he's mm -hmm. he just played his first split of nacl and was incredible um right but like the age alone i think is gonna gonna kind of take him out of that running um and he got demoted yeah uh it, in that same tier with these guys is i think faisal like i think faisal has been getting like mm -hmm. increasing amounts of attention um i think the fact that fly challengers uh, made that that non-consensual trade with with Cincinnati Fear um, in their top laners to make the swap. Like I, I don't think Cincinnati Fear was like we want we want Philip while FlyQuest was simultaneously like we want Faisal and then they just agreed to make the trade. I think like FlyQuest offered a contract to Faisal. Faisal obviously took it and then Philip was available. Um, I'm pretty confident that's how that went down. Um, so you know they kind of. FlyQuest at least kind of gave a vote of un of non-confidence to Philip and a vote of confidence to Faisal. Um, I don't think the play in summer necessarily reflected that, but I think it's worth considering. Uh, I mean, especially because FlyQuest Challengers was more of a bot lane-centric team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Faisal's worth a look uh, specifically because he like it's almost like the opposite of the the jungler thing for me. Like I feel like top laners always. I almost would rather my top laner be a guy who I know can play like reliable weak side rather than a guy who needs to be on carries all the time, even though those oh, are the yeah. flashier players. Um, yeah. And I think Faisal's that. Like, I think Faisal fits that role perhaps better than anybody. Like, if we're looking at the other guys that are getting, that we're looking at, right? Like the Quacker, even Sniper, Fake God, Sertigi. Um, you know, Dirty, we'll talk yeah. about these guys. Tenacity last year. Like, I think all these guys were, like, the, the carry top laners. At least that's what you think about. Um, but I think, you know, when you're building a professional League of Legends team, especially with a question mark in the top lane, you would almost rather that question mark lean towards weak side and be somebody like Faisal. And I'm thinking Faisal as well. Like, Faisal is one of my top... I had two like that, that I want to see... Actually, no. Three that I want to see 100% of the LCS. Faisal, one of them. And particularly in the places where I'm looking at teams that may be looking for bot lanes that are consistently reliant, but also that you can have the off game where he can try and carry. I was thinking actually 4C9 is not a bad choice if you want to try and maybe look at different options if Fudge is not going to deliver. Or if not, I think if FlyQuest keeps Masu, 
the the right approach is just keep Faisal as well. Like I think they work really well together. They know the 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 type of place that both of them want to go for. And they already have a, a really nice consistent idea of what they would like for. So I think that there's quite a good amount of spots for Faisal here in that sense. And I can see him going upwards. The other one that I have to see 100% is Fakeout. I think that it's barely any question. I think everyone here agrees that Fakeout has already done enough in, a, in Challengers to deserve another spot. And there's multiple teams that probably should take another look into Fakeout. There's even connections from Fakeout to go back to C9 in case they want to try and approach that as well. So I wouldn't go against that. And then my last one is one that someone here brought up quite highly in summer. And he delivered. So I hope that that he gets another opportunity. And it's dirty. Like We kind of made fun of Gordo at the time, but at the end it was predicting the future to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, I, I never... I never... I have to do this conversation again. I was never <laughs> against the Surdy agenda. I just simply said that there weren't enough games to yeah, slot different him criteria for teams. all pro. Yes. I'll accept it. I'll yes, accept yes. this. Um, I but, but Gordo, before you go on your Surdy rant, I want to say the reason why I love Surdy a lot is watching interviews. Dude's got this has got a dog in him. Uh, I mean, his he interviews. Does. He's like, he's like. He's more reliant at points. He's like, I shouldn't even be here. I am way better than all. I, I've stepped in to EG. I, I clear these top laners. And he doesn't even break. He doesn't smile, man. He's just staring he at the camera. He's like, yeah, I'm better than everybody. He just stares at you. I just love that. Get him in the LCS for that. He's going to be an elite trash talker for that reason. Yeah. yeah. It's much to know. It's much to know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the yeah. crazy, the crazy thing about Surdy also, like the fudge comparison, is going to come through a lot because they're both Australian as well. Yep. I actually, I don't know what, I don't know what Surdy's um, like living situation was. I don't know if he's like, I, I, I know he's Australian born. I don't know if he was like, I don't know, like maybe he grew up in North America or something. I don't, I doubt it because he has the accent. Um, but uh. The, the the crazy thing about that, right, is, and again, I don't know if this is accurate, but it's going to be the, the narrative I go with, is that he believes in himself to such a degree that he's like, fuck it, I'm not playing in this shit region, and he just like, he never played in Oceania, <laughs> he never played on an OPL team or anything like Fudge did, he just came right to North America and started playing here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know he if that's the I don't know if one. that's the region or if he was like already living here or what, but um, that it's what, it's what he did. He's never he's an Australian-born man that never played Australian League of Legends. He came right over to NA and he's been playing in NA his whole pro career, at least what's been recorded on the wiki. Um, and I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think Surdy's I think Surdy's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's like I I just I think he had a he he passed a test that few would ever even want to take uh in that like he came into a dumpster fire team at like the last third of the regular season and just completely turned it around like I, it it was incredible like, i don't know it is amazing to see somebody do that at this level um yeah it, it turning around eg challengers that way uh, he deserves all the props in the world. I mean, he was the best-looking player on a TL First roster that, by the way, most of that TL First roster is, like, not even in comp anymore. Uh, and yeah. it's, like, City Winnie's role-swapped. Mia stepped away from comp. Uh, Aspect is gone. You know, like, a team of, like, players that are not even professionals less than one year later. Um, 
he was the best player on that <laughs> team. Aspect. He gave them the most life they could. And that's no hate towards those players either, by the way. But like, yeah. it was just a player that was well... It was a team that was well below the level of the league. And I think events since then have shown that. Uh, and Surdy was like the best player on that team by so much and gave them was response was the only reason that they weren't in the fly fam CLG faith conversation for like, will this team win any games, <laughs> which was the conversation we were having about these teams at the time. Like TL first was a level above that based only on Surdy. Um, yeah. And then he, I mean, and he rolls up on evil geniuses challengers and saves that team's whole season and takes them to finals. He's yeah. him, him and our I feel like we're hand in hand and sure, that, sure, right? sure. But they should be on the same team. Shopify, I got my top later. Shopify, <laughs> it's got to be Surdy Armeo Insanity. He's incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I think I yeah. he deserves it. He deserves the he deserves the nod. He should get the start somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's enrolled in Converse University, um, so I think he's lost a little bit of faith. But uh, I'm sure he will delay that if he gets an LCS offer, and I hope he does. Um, two more players that I want to talk about. Um, unless anybody has anything left to say on Surdy. It's like, nope. no, Yarko's just desperate for us to be done. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we told him this would be quick, and we're over two hours in. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, is, uh, Jenkins uh, yeah, is cool. in that same category as Array and XU. Maybe a little bit less. Like I think XU get, has the best situation out of those three, because uh, XU yep. was behind a player that has already retired. So we know what's going on over there. Um, a little bit more of a question mark for Jenkins. He's a sub for 100 Thieves, which means he can't start, because uh, we're already getting rumors of Sniper. Um, he also has a little LCS experience under his belt. Uh, he, he got to ride that path of, uh, subbing in and getting a starting spot off of that when he subbed in for team liquid for a little bit, um, before getting the start on, uh, CLG where that team was very bad until they replaced him with Dokla and got a lot better. Um, I think Jenkins has shown a lot more in his time in challengers since then. I think especially his spring on CLG challengers was quite good. Um, his pocket Warwick stands out to me as something that was quite good. Uh, he passed the Cho'Gath test when the Cho'Gath test was something that Nyarko and I were on, hardcore. Um, his flanks were very good. I think his laning got a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I think he's an interesting prospect, and I, I I just raised the same question I raised about it, Ray. Like, I wonder what opting out of the competition and playing as a sub uh, means for his status as a prospect in this league because I, I don't know what it means i feel like there's a duality with it right i feel like we're all gonna figure out like we're gonna see oh okay array is gonna get it on LCS. yeah like either array jenkins, jenkins xu all get spots and it's the, like or yeah. yeah or they're all they all don't get spots yeah and they all have to go on acl it, it's gonna be one of the two so it's hard to judge which way i think xu kind of breaks that rule a little bit just because it's so convenient for him but yeah i agree yeah. Um, and go ahead, TDS. The Jenkins thing, though, to me is that I feel like even though I would like to see him once again, he's kind of in a in a in a bit of a of a like circle that he put himself into, because his last LCS performance wasn't great. Got replaced, and the team did way better. Then goes down to the NECO, in which I agree that he did better, but. It, it, he his performances didn't really net him any like big 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 results compared to someone maybe like Fagot who 
goes down, wins the consecutive titles uh, uh, this year, and then now looks actually quite promising to go back into it. And then he also takes a step back in the summer split. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like he's in a spot where his most relevant experience is going to be the last LCS split. And I think that's the biggest worry is that because there's so little to actually try and guide yourself onto for Jenkins, there's not much that maybe LCS orcs uh, or uh, will try to argue in favor of Jenkins. Like if he comes back now this split for NACL and then he wins it, I can see it being an immediate, immediate like go up for Jenkins. Yeah. But it's not the same path as Fakeout, and I think that he kind of shit himself in the foot by not taking the similar approach to Fakeout in this particular split. Agreed. Obviously, he did, hindsight is twenty twenty, and he didn't know what was going to happen in, at the end of the year. But that is going to hurt him even more than any other player because his last performance is pretty much the LCS and then Academy not being the greatest. Yeah. The weirdest thing, like I think what makes top lane so difficult to judge in particular coming into this offseason is that it really does feel like the, the top lane pools, more than anything, were radically changed by the the kind of collapse of the NACL between spring and summer. Like there's a lot of Koreans. Yeah, well like Fake God, Jenkins, and Philip. Or no, sorry, Fake God, Faisal, and Philip are like the the constants. Um yeah. so I like I feel more ripe on my rating of them. But you think about like spring and it's like there was Sniper, there was Hoon, there was Jenkins, um Sturdy. Yeah, we forgot about Hoon. Actually, yeah, there was there was Sniper, <laughs> there was Hoon, there was Jenkins. Like Surdy was Elo held. Um, yep, Lunaz, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, so, like that was that. Like so, that was like your uh, and like there was a Moose Hater in Spring. Um, you know, I'm just uh, you know I'm just thinking about like players that were there, right? Um, and then like so like that was like a totally different pool, right? And then you come into summer, and it's like, now Sniper's gone, Moose Hater's gone, Hoon is gone, but like, and like, Surdy was gone, and then comes back at the end, and but then it's like, now Quacker's there, and Quacker looks really good, and now Zamudo's there, and Zamudo looks pretty good. So it's like, it's just so, it's so weird. The pools were so different between one split to the next that it's like it feels yep. like it feels really weird judging guys like sniper and quacker and jenkins because they didn't play in the and like and you know inserting on a real team right because tl first was like mega elo hell for him so it's like so weird that like it feels like quacker and surdy compared to like sniper and jenkins they like played in totally different leagues so it's like yeah yep. yeah it's like so hard to compare um, and they didn't really play against each other, like not in a real sense. Like Surdy literally was there, but like Surdy was surrounded by a team that didn't really let him do anything. So, yeah, I don't know. A weird situation there all around. Only other player I want to talk about is Tenacity, who uh, not only did not write off coming back this year, but pretty explicitly said that he would be considering 2024 offers. Like, I don't know, it didn't fit with the narrative of him retiring, so nobody really talked about it, but like, interviews like day after he stepped back to become a streamer he was like yeah i'm not retiring i'm gonna look for offers in 2024 um so you know will he get them what will they look like will he take them i don't know um i don't know if you guys have any thoughts beyond that i just wanted to call it out 
Because it's like if I wouldn't be his like I don't want to BM tenacity because he seems like a cool guy. But like his streaming numbers aren't great. Like he's not streaming to that many people. Uh just for a prof- for a professional streamer. Uh and I don't know. I wonder if he like gives the pro play thing another shot. Like I wonder if we like I don't think a major team would want to take a chance on him, but I like an immortals tenacity, a you know, a golden guardians tenacity, if Licorice isn't sticking around. I think these are within the realm of possibility. Or like Shopify Rebellion tenacity. Like I think this stuff could happen. Um I don't know. It's crazy that this guy went from like a super highly sought prospect that like if he didn't start for 100 Thieves, he was going to be traded to Evil Geniuses, remember? As their new top right. laner. Like, there was, yeah. there was a lot of hype for this guy. And he, like, plays one split. He plays one split where he gets forced onto tank duty forever. You know, yeah. it, 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 don't don't forget, in that split, he, like, solo killed Summit. He, like, he had some good moments, right? He solo yeah, killed Fudge. Yeah, didn't, actually, though. Sure. It, it was Summit, yeah. It, it, wait, it doesn't it, feel like an good. actual bench. Listen, split. we don't need to cite specific occurrences, okay? But His... The point is, it's crazy that this guy went from, like, huge hyped prospect to, like, nobody in a split. Yeah. Like, that's... I said it before. It it never really happened. Like, Fake God got, like, four true. splits. Fake God had its terrible splits on 100 Thieves and then got chance on Dignitas had a horrible split there and got another chance on Dignitas and had a horrible split there again like we have always like we have given less hyped players more chances than one split so I would I if, if Tenacity is back. willing to tank it like you know tank a worse team tank a lower salary yeah. and you know give up his streaming career whatever that may be uh, I, I think there'd be a spot for him it's just up to if he wants it. Yeah, my main comment with that is I'm pretty sure the bottom line is LCS. Like he's not coming back for anything less than no. That. Yeah, he wouldn't. It so... would need to be LCS. But I think like there would be LCS yeah. if if he said right now, hey, I'm 100. I'm I'm done streaming. I'm 100 percent committed. I will take any LCS offer. He would get one. I'm yeah, pretty I confident agree. in like, that. Uh, but my, I don't think that, I don't think he's. That... I think he's somewhere in the middle of that spectrum though. I think he wants the right yeah. offer. And I, like, you know, and that's up to what his yes. definition is, right? I don't expect anything below that, so I think he's probably only going to look into LCS. But I do agree. I think he's probably going to be open, especially because he needs to try and turn around uh, the perspective from that 100th roster. And I also think that, like, thinking about it in the copium light that I'm trying to go for, or in the hopium line that I'm trying to go for, a lot of these new rosters, apart from c9 energy with well actually even c9 to a certain degree apart from energy and i'll say tl because i think the tl like they can make things work out apart from those two rosters the blow up in general makes it so that there could be exciting teams appear out of nowhere like even dignitas could be a really exciting team with the right players being brought up and because everything is blowing up there's going to be even worse things than dignitas if they are not brought up in the right place so i think that even then tenacity can try and think of well i can go for a lesser team but if they bring this this and this player maybe this can work out and we can make things work out and i can see tenacity thinking or thinking that can be an approach and taking that approach yeah my my final point I want to make here about top lane uh, is to go back to something. It was a theme when we were running during the summer split. 
the top lane pool for the NACL was by far and away clear the most talented. We had trouble debating it the most, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, especially once Surdy came into the fold. So yeah. we have all these names. There's a lot of highly regarded players in the top lane. The problem is there is just simply not going to be enough slots in my mind. And some of these players are, are going to get stuck in NACL again. Uh, some we hope, you know, would fit better than others. But, I mean, there, there look at this list. There are points in the season where I thought Surdy was good enough for the LCS. Fake Guy was good enough for the LCS. Faisal was good enough for the LCS. Quacker was good enough for the LCS. Uh, it's, fill up d- during the playoffs in Cincinnati Fear, I thought it was good enough for the LCS. That's six guys just rattled off. That's more than half the league. Yeah. So it, it's just we're unfortunately not going to get to see all these guys at the level, uh, and we hope that they stick around either in streaming, you know, in the spotlight some way, or, or in the NACL again, where that when the time comes where that top pool, pool pinches or uh, expands more in the LCS, they'll get their shot. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. That's a lot of players that we just talked about. So thank you all for listening the whole time, if you've actually listened to the whole time. If you've just been poking around uh, looking for timestamps that I've put in because of players that are being rumored, I don't blame you. Um, I don't know. Maybe go back and listen to his chat, though. I'm sure I'm Sure, we have some interesting players. There's some interesting nuggets in there somewhere or other. Uh, or at the very least, I have stuff to clip and say I told you so. Uh, when it comes into the next season. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank you, everybody at home, for tuning in. We will be back with the Salt Mine as the 2024 season starts to ramp up, maybe as we start to get some roster rumors for NACL, as the LCS offseason starts to wind down. The NACL offseason will start to wind up, uh, and that'll be an interesting thing to discuss. So we'll definitely be back for that. Maybe we'll get some players on or something to chat about it too. It'll be fun. But until then, have yourselves a great time, and we will see you next time.